This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yo, yo. When I spit bars in a rave, man, I go hard like Santan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Touchline and Fracker. I'm joined by the best of the best. Some winners, some losers. Um, I'm sure they'll all be able to introduce themselves adequately as we go through the pod. I'll start with you, Elijah. It's been a while since you've been on the main pod. Fortunately, it's off the back of a a, a loss this week after a few wins. But listen, we, we, we don't plan these things, do we? No, we don't. Good to see you, though, man. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's always nice to see your team lose sometimes, you know. <laughs> I don't people say that when their voices go up an octave. because People don't do that intentionally. You know? I'm going to make my voice go up an octave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just shows that you've it just shows that you've cracked on on some stage. We're also joined <laughs> by uh, NSO's finest, uh, oh, Tobes. How goes it, Tobes? Um, yeah, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I've had a relatively fun weekend. So yeah, let's talk. What's let's made talk it? What's more. made it fun? Uh, well, we didn't lose this weekend. We didn't play this weekend. Man United lost and Chelsea lost. So yeah. So you're yeah, up. You're you're playing with house money, really. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. Yeah. Fair enough, man. Sean, it's it's been a minute since you you've been on the main pod, mm. looking distinguished. I've asked <laughs> before the pod started for you to keep the adjectives, the descriptive words to a minimum. But we're happy to have you. How goes it, bro? Um, I'm very good, brother. I'm just just here to let you know we try to to educate as well as entertain the masses. So obviously, if if a couple of lexicon just just drifts in, you know. No, no, I can see Tobes already ready to joust, man. So you know we're we're, we're good to go, brother. We're all good to go. Now, you guys do you guys do a good job. Like when I like I talk about the podcast of like work colleagues, depending on obviously their demographic and age. When it's an Arsenal fan, certain just uh, age, I can always point them towards touchy gooners. Don't have to give them any sort of warnings in advance about the characters and the potential language. Like, listen, man, there are all this pod, distinguished gentlemen, family men, you know. We try, brother. We try, innit? <laughs> uh, Shems, always somebody has to draw the short straw. Uh, this week is you. Um, your club's obviously just lost the Carabao Cup final, so you were talking to you quite a bit. Uh, I want to say, how's it going? But I feel like it's obvious. 
Yeah, you know, as you can see from where I'm recording from, uh, this episode, it's quite indicative of how I'm feeling. So, you're recording from your bed. So, how are you feeling, Beverly? <laughs> you're not. You're not recording from a cave like Osama bin Laden. Right. <laughs> you're from a bed. So how, how are you, Beverly? Fair enough, man. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, last but not least, uh, we're also joined by Disu. How goes it? Not bad, not bad. Back from Miami, yeah? My guy. <laughs> I wait out on the shoes, brother. But you're not following on the Twitter, please give us a follow at Touchline Fracker. Like I said, we've got the best of the Touchline network on the pod today. So we've got Disu from Mugga, we've got uh Shebbins from Chessiao, we've got Sean from Touchy Gunas, Elijah obviously from Mugga, but I can't mention Mugga twice. Oops, I just did it. And uh, we've also got Tobes from New Spurs Order. Before we start, I also have to mention the beta version of Underrated is now out. Uh, if any of you are familiar with that, that is made by Dan Soft, one of our frontline foundation members of the podcast. So if you're somebody who's interested in football, rating players, spotting talents, feeling smarter than your friends, uh, and you want to get onto the beta version of the Underrated app, the link to the Touchline Discord will be attached to this pod when it comes out. So sign up to the Discord if you're not already on there and you have, can have a bit of fun playing about trading stocks doing the usual. Okay, wow, very long intro. Um, let's get into it. Uh, so Carabao Cup final, uh, two teams that have been there before. They know what it looks like to quote Dr. Mike. Uh, Chelsea and Liverpool in completely different uh, positions at the minute. Liverpool fighting for all trophies on all fronts. Uh, Chelsea, Lord knows what the hell's going on over there. But Shems, you're here to break it down to us. So you'd come into the game, correct me if I'm wrong, in some decent form. But how are you feeling going into the game? Obviously, Poch, not necessarily the manager you associate with trophies, but how are you feeling going into the game? Um, <clears throat> funnily enough, I was actually quite optimistic. To be honest with you. I don't know why throughout the week I was thinking that this would probably be the one the, the one time that it turns around for us at Wembley. Um and it wasn't to, anything to do with Liverpool's injuries or anything like that. I don't know. I just felt like we'd win the game. Um, law of averages, kind of like it has yeah, to be. Yeah, law of averages. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. That, literally that, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, obviously it weren't the case as we, we'll get into it. But yeah, I was I was pretty confident. And, and also, I don't, I'm not going to lie to you. Obviously, Klopp is a phenomenal manager, but I don't particularly, I'm not enamoured by this Liverpool team, to be honest with you. I, I'm really not. Um, I think Arsenal are so much better than them. I think City are so much better. But obviously, Klopp is that equaliser. So that yeah. also played a part into how I viewed the game at Liverpool. Mm. But yeah, obviously we'll get into how it went and stuff. You're, you're not enamoured by, I'm going to probe a little bit there. So you're not yeah, enamoured but... by the, the, the Liverpool team. Yeah. But they're playing you guys. You're not enamoured by you, yourselves either, are you? Oh yeah, well yeah, that's very true. That is that is very true. Um, I mean, I like a lot, I like more than a few of our players. Okay. But there's a lot of Liverpool players that I just think are a bit ugly, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. So, yeah, is that that's... physically or as footballers? or That's cold, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's interesting. A nasty question to ask. That, like that's interesting because obviously we all have our squads. We have the players we like. We have the players that we don't like. So if I was to just ask you off the top of the head, if you're like looking across the two teams, to the five best players in the two, the two teams, do you think most of them would be Chelsea players, Liverpool players? 
what as in like a combined eleven? Not combined eleven, like the five best players across the two squads, like the, the, the best players um, on the. Uh, do, 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 do. I think it would be a, a a mix, but Liverpool probably win it like by three to two, probably. Cool, fair. Um, we don't have a cop end fan on this week. A Liverpool fan, they, they either went to the game or they watched the game together. Um, so everybody else who doesn't support Chelsea can help uh, represent Liverpool in some way, shape, or form. Uh, going into this game, obviously we know how many injuries Liverpool have. They won't stop talking about it. Uh, every fan base of in, I think every fan base at some point this season has moaned about their injuries and why. It, it's having an impact on where they are in the table. But I think with Liverpool having Trent out, Alisson out, Salah out, Nunes out, Jota out, Curtis Jones out, these are players who have proven to, to start for them and to do well for them most of the time. What were you guys' thoughts on Liverpool's chances going into the game? I thought they were going to win, still. I thought they were going to win. Really? I gonna... Yeah, Simple I think they were as simple as that, I thought they were going to edge it. Like, you know, these Chelsea games, they always Chelsea Liverpool games, they, the last two went into extra time. So I thought, you know what, this one could probably go into extra time as well. But yeah, man, I've just you look at what Chelsea has served up this season, you look at the belief that the lack of belief in what Chelsea are trying to do versus the belief in what Liverpool are trying to do this this season. I just felt some way by hook or crook, Liverpool will get it done, man. And obviously, they brought that wily guy, Jurgen Klopp, as well, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. And the Klopp factor as well. Klopp in the dugout versus Poch in the dugout, different propositions. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll know. Let's actually get on this. Yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, I respect that about you. You don't, you don't find the you know, rose tinted glasses whenever it concerns Spurs. You, you try and edge towards the truth eventually. Um, let's quickly just compare the starting eleven. So Chelsea, Petrovic and goal are back four of Chilwell, Cole, De Sassi and Gusto. Uh, double pivot of Fernandez and Saicedo, Gallagher in there too. Sterling, Palmer and Jackson as their front three. Then Liverpool had Keller in goal. They had Bradley and Robertson at fullback, Canate and Van Dijk, Endo, McAllister and Gravenbear. And then they had Elliot replacing Salah, Gakpo for whoever you want to put there, and Luis Diaz. So yeah, not necessarily a stellar Liverpool lineup, and I think if I were Chelsea manager, I would probably have a couple of players different from the ones that Poch went with. But anyway, we get into the game. How did it play out for you to start with, Shems? What were your thoughts on how the game started? Um, so we started very nervously, and I think um, it's not really a surprise because I think about eight of our eleven, you know. It's the first time they've kind of played in a game of this magnitude. I think the only players that have actually played in a game of this like high stakes um, are like Enzo, Chilwell and Sterling. The rest of them are quite new to this. So the nerves were evident to see. Um, I think um, you saw it when we were playing out from the back, which, to be fair, in all um, throughout the season, I thought has needed quite a bit of work. Um, the players looked a bit to, to be taken a bit. Um, they, were, they were thinking about what they wanted to do a little bit longer than maybe they would on a normal day. So like Sassy, Cole. Um, and then I felt after maybe the first 20 minutes when they felt their way into the game, we started to grow a grow into it a little bit. Um, we started to kind of create chances. Jackson was making runs down the light, down the channel. So we were able to get him in. Sterling, um, actually Sterling was pretty quiet, but like Palmer was getting on the ball a little bit. Enzo was getting on the ball a little bit. And we started to create a few chances. Um and then I think from then onwards, to be honest with you, we were it was it was a very even game, I'd say, for the most part, from then onwards. Um what I would say is that I think if last week against Manchester City, 
Um, I was really impressed with our shape and how we set mm. up against City. Uh, if you watch the game, we were very compact and narrow. Um, so we forced City wide and made it very difficult through the middle. In my opinion, today, that shape was absent for me because I felt like right. there were gaps between midfield and defence. Four line at midfield, there were so many gaps. And yeah. on transition, you can see it all the time. And that's that's why, as as poor as Caicedo was, as poor as Enzo and Caicedo were together, um, mm. and they were getting a run around like, throughout the game defensively, the gaps were very evident to see. And mm. um, I think if we had taken the same approach from City last week in terms of being compact and making it quite difficult, um, minimal spaces, um, you know, we would have notified Liverpool more than we than, than we did, I think. Because I think we gave them more openings than really they warranted for the team they put out, to be honest with you. Um, we yeah. were shooting ourselves in the foot a lot. Um, so, why yeah. Do that, why do you think that is? Because obviously that's so interesting because I think what was watching it, um, obviously, as you're watching it, everyone's like chatting and whatnot. And I think it was Dr. Leroy said Chelsea, and he kind of pointed at what you pointed to. They look so poorly coached, or they look yes. not coached. What is the logic behind obviously setting up and obviously having really clear instructions and the players executing them a week ago and then coming mm. to a final and everybody seeming to just not? Yeah, I, I don't know, bro. Honestly, I really don't know. <laughs> I wish I could answer that question because it's the same thing I asked myself um, as well. And that's a theme on the potch. There's some games where it's like, you know what, okay, we look quite good. And there's other weeks it's like, that's all gone to complete crap. Like, it's, it's completely right. night and day from what I saw. For example, games against um, Arsenal, right, uh, where we look quite good. Obviously, we drew the game at home. And then right. the following week, we used to Brentford and it was just nothing like what we saw the week before it's been a theme all season where yeah. one week good next week horrible same thing with City at home look very good against them next week get back get battered against Newcastle it's just so so chaotic it was pretty much it was the same lineup as you played last week isn't it pretty much yeah yeah same lineup as we played last week which is understandable I think um I think Gallagher as much as I'm not a fan he does a good job in these big games I thought he actually played all right today um even though he gets nosebleeds in the box um, but apparently, according to Meads, he's better than Mount in the box. But that's neither here and there. Um, but <laughs> yeah, um, I was I was fine with the eleven. Um, I thought Gosto was quality. I thought Palmer first. He's half was, hey man, let's stop. Yeah. Let's stop. take a second for Malo Gusto, man. <laughs> so obviously, when Chelsea went, when Chelsea went in for him last January, they were like, oh, apparently a team's been in contact and like basically told him to like cool off. Like it was us. <laughs> It was us. We've been watching him for years. We just, we just didn't have any money, man. And uh, it's not fair yeah. for you guys to have Reese and my lo- something's got to give, man. Oh like, no, it's you- fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> it's I think fair. something is giving, right? Hence Reese's injuries. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Life is all about balance. If balance is out, man. Don't worry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was quality. I thought Palmer first half was a bit was was. was was a bit crap to be honest with you, but second half mm. grew to the game. Mm. Um, Sterling was pretty anonymous to be honest with you. I thought Jackson had a pretty good game against Konate and Van Dyke. He ran the channels well, he held his own. Um, and to be honest, I don't think the performance was that bad. You know, we created enough chances to win the game. Um, but it all comes down to at the end of the day, like not winning that game is not good enough at the end of the day. And when when Poch is coming out after the game and saying things like, Oh, we were playing for penalties, um, and I'm and you know. When you when you tie everything in with the bigger picture, right. and you and you link and you think about what I was saying as well in terms of the structure of our midfield, 
and things like that. I said this a few weeks ago. I'm all for Pam and Enzo and Kaiseido, like when they don't play well. But I'm looking at the conditions and I'm just like, fam, I know if this team is coached well, I know these players will flourish. I just know it. I know that I know it will. Um, but yeah, um, when Poch is coming out and saying they're playing for penalties, like it's just inexcusable. Um, when fans are saying, oh, they're pointing at missed chances and they're saying, oh, it's Poch's fault, Poch's fault sarcastically. I'm looking at, I'm thinking to myself, like, why do you lose sight of the bigger picture? Like, this is from August till now, it's been a shower of shite. It, it's just been complete BS, like, you know what I'm saying? So, from his decision making in terms of his, um, the players he plays, and the substitutions today, for some reason, he thought it was appropriate to um, move Gosto, who was arguably our best player, from right back to left back, mm-hmm. play Chalabar, who's a centre back at right back, mm-hmm. instead of, he could have simply played Cole left back and played Chalabar centre back. He's been playing Cole centre back the whole season. So, you know, it, that you would think left that made back. sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, scary decision making. So, yeah, um, I think today just showed that Poch is number one a coward. Um, number two, he doesn't have it in him to win, like, you know, compete with the big boys and get mm. this team Damn in. where it should be. Right. Um, and three, his mentality is awful, to be honest with you. Right. Um, so, Damn in, Damn yeah. Is there anybody who disagrees with that assessment of Mauricio Pochettino? I think he's gotten worse. Why did you take yourself off mute to just shake your head, Tobes? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to laugh. I just wanted to laugh. Listen, I'm not going to... I have my own views on Poch, but I'm not going to come here and defend a man who, quite frankly, doesn't deserve any defend defending. Sorry. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's he's gotten worse because at least with Espanyol, Southampton and Tottenham, they actually have a way of playing and it was immediate. These days, like PSG... PSG is understandable because you have to play Kate to that front three. But since he's come to Chelsea, they they look any time that they do win, it just looks like they have decent talent, which they do. But when they lose, they just look a fucking mess, and like they just continue to look the same. It's it's up and down, which can happen with young players. But at least if it's up and down, there should be a semblance of a style of play, and there's nothing there, and it's just really really poor. Like the it's just it's really disappointing because just it's like he's, there's no one in the coaching area. At, at this point, like it feels like it's just eleven players sent out there, just running around, man, just running around, and like Chelsea fans would all say, "Oh, you don't watch enough to see if there's a plan or not." I watched. I watched the fit. The worst thing is, I don't want to watch Chelsea because they they don't play well. Secondly, um, when I do watch them, the only time they look good is in the bigger games where it's just like. They have, where essentially teams come out against them and they look better on the break, which it, which just it, to me it just shows that you put fast players up the front of the pitch and then they run into space. That's not coaching to to, to me. Like it's, I watch Chelsea and I see so many similar problems to Man United, and I'm like, but like from from Pochettino, I've seen him coach a team into a well old old machine. Obviously, they don't always get over the line with Spurs and even PSG in the Champions League and stuff like that. But still, it's just like, yeah, like this has just been a very poor coaching performance from um, Pochettino since, since the start of the season, to be honest. And then right. the stuff, the stuff he's coming out in, in, in impresses. It's, it's not, it's not putting him in any good stead. It, it, it just thinks like a man who thinks that 
because this is a because this is a team and club in flux that he is going to yeah. get the rub of, of the green to be able to stay there, which again mirrors a certain bald guy in Manchester right now. So <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, and you know what? You're, you're you're actually absolutely spot on. These guys must think we're stupid. They must really think we're stupid, and they must think the ownership teams are stupid too because. I just need Ten Hag, and we'll get on to Ten Hag, to just crash and burn. It just needs to go as badly as it possibly can because I don't want them to get to the end of the season and say, you know what, though? He showed that little bit of form the last, like, eight yeah. games, and if we give him yeah. some players, well, no. It just that's needs why, to end. It needs that's, to that's, end. Why, that's why days like today, you have to take some some sort of... Um, you have to look at the side of it. Yeah, yeah, some sort of, yeah, some yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know that in the long run, the war is closer and closer to being won. But um, I just want to touch on what Elijah said about um, what he said in the presses, yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, these managers, when they get appointed, they do, they put on this show, they talk the talk, you know, they say all this crap about, yeah, we're going to win, like we're a massive club, blah, blah, blah. And then they backtrack as soon as it gets just a little bit difficult for them. And I think right. it's absolutely pathetic. I think the thing with, I've never seen, in all my years watching Chelsea, I've never seen, the atmosphere, like at the bridge among the fan base, so it's so obvious that nobody, that a lot of people do not believe in where this club is going. And when you come out and make cowardly statements, yeah, you come out and you you almost appear scared. You almost appear like you know what this club are muddled anyway. So whatever, whatever I do is not going to make a difference. You're not giving us anything to cling on to. Why should they believe in you? Why should fans not be put out? Why should we trust the process? But, but you know, these optimists will tell you, oh, you know, give it time, blah blah blah. Get out of here with that man. Like, I'm sorry, the guy's a bum. Um, and yeah, it's just it's it's really, really bad. Um, yeah, that's it really. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is the deal. Each week you're here is in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cool, thank you. Um, listen, I read a tweet that said Chelsea are going to lose this game to the Arctic Monkeys. Uh, I don't think that I've heard anything quite as apt as that. Um <laughs> We don't have a member copping on the pot this week, but I wanted someone to kind of speak on the on the Liverpool um, side of things. How do you guys think uh, Liverpool play today? Obviously, colossal header from Van Dijk, real captain's performance and all that jazz. Um, 
but they have more and more injuries. And for some of us on the call, Sean specifically, that's going to be actually quite, you know, there's a title race going on and seeing one of your rivals, their players dropping like flies, is only going to make you happy. So what did you guys actually think of the depleted Liverpool today? They were good. Um, they, they were good for what they were. I feel like, um, yeah, for the fact that a midfield of Endo, McAllister and Graven Birch were able to bench press Caicedo and uh, Enzo like that, was a bit crazy to me because Graven Birch is not even like a physical player like that. But um, yeah, and then even then when the change was happened, when Elliot Wall went into midfield, they were still able to like run them off until near the end of the game where they were obviously quite quite tired but yeah I, I think they were quite good I thought like Kanate and Van Dijk were amazing R- R- Robertson as well he should have had an he should have at least had one assist in the first half um yeah Bradley was good when he was at right back but then when he went right wing it's not his, he's not his position anymore so he looked um he didn't he didn't look right so it was good that was taken off um, Gakpo was poor, man. Like he's he's such. We know what he, he is, man. He he's a good, is a good finisher, he, but yes, everything outside that, he, he ain't helping you. He's, he's a, a good guy, finisher. man. And the worst thing is on the left wing, he, he can put in a hell, he can put in a hell of a cross. Like he can really whip it in. But that's it, man. He's just nothing else, and it makes me so concerned because, again, I'm sorry to keep bringing it back to Ten Hag, but that guy was trying to fight tooth and nail for. for <laughs> it's crazy, but yeah, that Gakpo was poor. Diaz, that's the best I've seen him since 2020. Yeah, it, ran, it ran the offense through like he was, yeah, literally. Like in 2009, bro, it's it was like, literally just, just giving it to Diaz, just make it so make something happen. It was the last league cup performance against, them. yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. I think his execution still looks a bit janky, though, to be honest. Yeah, that's wow. him, though. He's Colombian, so yeah. I mean, Whoa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, man. Like, no, but now nah, he he was really really good, and then um, yeah, then they just brought on a hell of NPCs, quite frankly. Um, but McConnell looked good. That the the Dan Jeep was doing a bit. Um, Every every time he was looking to press, it felt like he wanted to leave one on the player, bro. Like yeah, he was yeah, so yeah. aggressive. <laughs> he was yeah, so aggressive when he's running. Bless him. He really wanted to like you let it know. Yeah, yeah. Man that's trying to leave with something, man. Nah, but yeah. I, so I think McConnell and then Clark looked decent, and then who was the other one that came on? I, I can't remember. But yeah, man, it's they looked. Simicast came on, and got an assist. And Quanta as well. Uh, yeah, Quanta. Quanta, yeah. I mean, but he, I think he only played the second half. So, yeah, them right, three, right. the them three youths that came on, they were all right. But I really did like the look of McConnell. There was one time where I think Kelleher played it into him and then he basically just dropped a shot shoulder and just left, like, two players behind him, which was really good. And then, and I, I forgot to say about Kelleher. He only seems to put in a good performance when That's he true. plays at Wembley, which is just insane to me. Like he was amazing to today. Means more, bro. It means it's more. just insane. Means more FC. All Klopp was doing at every break was just getting them, gassing them up again, bro. There was no, no, no there was tactics. no tactics. Them up again. Literally, <laughs> literally, his whole team talk at 
extra time, he said, even if we lose, I'm proud. What the hell is that, bro? That's the never. That's what we do. Keep them going. Just keep them going. Oh. The, spirit of, the spirit will see them through and then, oh, you know. So much. <laughs> but but to, 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 to Shems's point, though, right? Klopp really is like the great equaliser because I looked at that Liverpool bench pre-match and I thought, this, this bench is fucking is, horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This bench is, obviously, and I know they've got bare injuries and whatever, but I looked at it and I was like, Chelsea, if you can't rise anything today, bro, you man are never going to be able to, to, to rise anything. But I just think it, it, it's, it, it is a real indictment. You know, we were, we've been talking about Poch's lack of coaching, right? But we've always, I think one thing with Klopp, he's always been able to coach upwards, right? He's always been able to extract more, make the team greater than the sum of its parts, even when, like you said, when they've got bare injuries. But one thing you can never say, it always looks like a Klopp team, even if they get involved in back-to-back, end-to-end, you know, those sort of basketball games. But they always seem to come out on top. Do you know what I mean? In those sort of back-to-back, end-to-end basketball games, man. So I think it's, it's a real... It's a real bit of kudos for him, like considering the amount of guys he had out and they were still able to emerge victorious, man. So, yeah, it's mm. props to him, man. Like, big, big can props I, to him, man. I wanted to make a point as well, right? Because I think Klopp did his thing today on the touchline as well. But I also feel like the Liverpool players, a lot of them actually, plan or no plan, a lot of them actually realised that they were playing in the cup final today. Like, Endo was really good today. Really, really yeah. good today. And I'm like hang on a second, this is a guy that costs 16 million, is for all intents and purposes, second choice, and he's able to put in a really good performance. Like, we've spoken on Poch's coaching, which is true. Everything that has been said about Poch's coaching is true. But why am I not seeing Raheem Sterling for pretty much the entirety of the game in in, in um, Conor Bradley's pocket? Why am I seeing Chelsea players struggle, disassy, momentary, la- momentary defensive lapses in the second half, Right. Ben, uh, ben Chilwell struggling again at left-back. Like, why am I seeing Chelsea players, right, consistently underperform under different managers? Like, eventually, we need to start asking questions about some of these players as well as the manager. We really do. Like, I hear Shams's point on the midfield composition. Absolutely, that could be better. With better spacing, more compactness, that could be better. Because nobody can tell me that Enzo Fernandez is a bad player. Even though he was bad today, nobody can tell me he's a bad player. He's not. Not for me. Same for Caicedo. But that does not mean that we can excuse some of the performances that these guys are putting when there's so much on the line. It's not good enough. It uh, isn't good enough. Just just to come, come uh, to, to, yeah, to add to that, I think, I hear what you're saying. I think with the more established players like Raheem, um, Chilwell, yeah, it ain't good enough. But I think um, with like the rest of the squad, and this is my issue. I think I I said it the last time I was on the main pod. Like this issue of building the team solely based on players who are very very young and inexperienced, and just like you know this young talent thing, it it comes with its its downfalls, which is that these guys are going to be incredibly inconsistent, and until they develop that's just what we're with that's what we have to work with unfortunately and that's this is why i was saying that i'm against building this way I, we need to go out and buy more established players who are ready now we've got too many players who are like kind of developing or kind of just still kind of feeling their way into things um come maybe come from another league that wasn't as strong and they haven't played as many games in their career and it's like this is what this is what comes with it it comes with inconsistency um, and I don't think this is the right way to build. I've said that. I've said it a few times. Fully agree. That's yeah. It has to be a blend. And then when it's compounded with the coach, oh god. Yeah, yeah it's a mess. It's it's, a, get, it's, it's a, a mess. It's a it's a disaster it's a, of a cocktail. Horrible. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's crazy. 
You've been waiting for an opportunity to drop that in, haven't you? Haven't you? Told no, me? I just it just came to me. I'm surprised you didn't go in on Casado like he was a uh, pre-point. That <laughs> <laughs> was back a little bit there. Oh. Didn't he? You know, is with, with Casado. Yeah, no, my thing is this with him, right? Like whether he plays good, whether he plays bad, whether he plays meaty. Why does this guy get away with so many fouls that he commits? Why? It pisses me off. And they're not even like normal fouls. This guy is literally crashing it into people's ankles. Do you think he should have got a red for the grabbing bear? Tackle? Yes, he should have. Yes, he should have. I don't think so. But yes, he should have. Just because um, he slipped and he wasn't even looking at Graham Birch and the ball. So I don't, even though it was bad, I feel like it was an like it was it was an accident. So I I will give him the benefit of that. I don't like seeing stuff like that given as a red card because it kind of changes the game. But I, it was a really bad, bad tackle, though. And I, it reminds me of the Rashford one in the Champions League. Yeah, like that's exactly it. Like, even though it was a bad, like what happened is bad. I don't think it was a bad tackle, and someone shouldn't get sent off for that. Even though, like, it was terrible. But yeah, I, I mean, Casado today, he was so poor, man. Like, I, like I had this thing with him where I, I feel like he loses the ball so much. Yeah, I will go and check, and he barely loses. I don't know where it is. Yeah, I, I feel like. Yeah. I know what you mean. I, like, I don't on. understand. Like, it feels like he loses the ball a lot, but he clearly doesn't. But, I f- like, first of all, his tackling was the best thing about him at Brian. Like, he was able... His tackling technique was amazing. Now he just looks so clumsy. Like, I, f- I do f- feel like he has a lot of space to cover, which, again, that comes down to the coach. But, yeah, I mean, he's ju- he just looks a, sh- a shadow of himself. Enzo today was really, really, was really, really poor. Like, absolutely disgusting. There was two chances he had... I, I think there was a chance where we could have played it to Sterling. Then he tried that outside the foot pass through ball, and then the chance where he tries to back heal it rather than stand and pass to Sterling to Sterling to tap it in. Um, yeah, I just think um, it's weird because I feel like as soon as Gallagher went off, like Chelsea just died, which is it, it's weird how he's become s- such an important part. The best of the team. today. No, no, yeah, but he, but at the end of the day, let's keep it buck. He's been there best midfielder the whole se- season right. so it's he, just... I, think, I think so yeah who's his competition it's splitting it hairs man because he up until up until the last two or three games i thought he had a big period where he was just poor like he was just not doing it no but yeah. no but like he wasn't poor to an extent where i feel like with Casado and enzo they've been just been poor where they've been actively hurting the team with Gallagher, i don't think it was actively hurting the team he just would he's just not that good <laughs> Yeah, would you say though like hurting the team hurting the team for me it's like if he's just running around doing nothing with the ball coming deep to get the ball and then playing lateral passes and not progressing play that's hurting the team sorry yeah, yeah. that's hurting yeah. the team I get that but I feel like with me for example I gave Enzo Bly at the start of the season when Poch was playing yeah, him yeah, as a few, fucking a ten. Man did still. Uh, like, like, yeah. uh, like he was, he, was, he was playing as a fucking ten. I'm like, what was going on with Gallagher? I gave him, I gave him that blight too in terms of he's playing as a six. That's not his best position. As soon as he switched up and he started playing further forward, he's gotten better and he's doing more of the stuff that he is good at. In terms yeah, of the midfielders this season, he's definitely been their best midfielder. But it's not like, it's not like it's basically being. The one <laughs> Elijah, Elijah, you're Elijah, you're bugging, bro. No, has no, just no. been. Running around, bro. Running bro. around with no responsibility. We, running we, around, no responsibility. Like a look, 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 look. I think, I think he's Enzo, but that's not because uh, he's been on, amazing. Man. 
that's not, that's not that's not because he's been amazing. I don't think the performance. I think I think actually in their first like eight ten games, they actually functioned really well as a midfield. Like and Chelsea were like in games. Oh, we should have won this game. Boom boom. It's it has got progressively worse. Mm. And the Gallagher has been shocking for the like last month and a half. Oh, bro, just bro just runs around. He was, Gallagher was really good in the beginning of the season. I thought he was really good. And I was like, rah, like you'll really do your thing. But like he recently, bro has just been running around. Casado has been the worst out of the three by long shot. I told you, I told you guys in the group chat, like man plays like he's just eaten, just like bare forward, bare sluggish and that. But I don't know. I I, I think I think I think we should actually judge players on what they do. And not based on their reputation, what we expect them to do. What yeah. does Gallagher actually do? He just runs round, bro. Progressive play, no. Scoring goals, no. Um, win the ball back occasionally. Like, what does he actually do apart from get all his Apple Watch rings completely done by the 50th minute? That's, That's what he does. That's what, a good what I would say. What I would say. What a I good shift from a good lad. Yeah. What I would say is that I agree with Elijah in the sense that Gallagher's poor and Caicedo's poor were not the same. When 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 Casado was really struggling in the team, he was hurting us because he was getting caught on the ball, costing us goals. Um and yeah, it, he just didn't look comfortable in the middle. But when Gallagher a Gallagher game where he's not really doing much, he I, I wouldn't say he's like giving the ball to the opposition. I wouldn't say he's fouling people. He's just running around and not really doing anything. However, what I would say is that I do think Gallagher has been good like overall. Um probably the better out of everyone. Um even though it's not, I'm not a huge fan of him. And what I'll say on Enzo Fernandez as well is that I do feel like there needs to be more nuance as to how we critique his performances and judge him as, as just judge him generally. Because, like this, you said, I feel like he's consistently judged as uh, against his reputation and price tag. Um, when really, like for example, today he weren't good today. He weren't good. I can see. I see. I think you're on me. And it's and it's supposed ability as well, right? Yeah, but this is my thing. I f- I genuinely believe every like more games more often than not when I watch Chelsea and Enzo, I see the ability. Like I don't know, I don't I don't think it's hard to see Enzo's ability. So that's why I think people do a bit too much with him. Like he worked good, to, yeah, he worked good today. But like shocking and like this, I I just think it's overboard. Like yeah, he um, because I just don't think he was bad to that extent. Okay, so we watch so, like week, week by week. We watch, we watch. I'm going to use the United the United boys as an example, yeah? When we watch what Casemiro serves up games like last week, we watch what Bruno serves up games like yesterday, right. what, what McTominay serves up in that middle six. That is what you call shocking, when you're actively destroying your team at every given opportunity. Enzo doesn't do that. Okay, so... <laughs> Enzo, Enzo, so when so, Enzo's so, having so, a bad game... He, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll need to come in a minute. Sorry, when Enzo's having okay. a bad game like today, yeah, like... A couple of yeah. couple of decisions, <laughs> and obviously, oh my god, a couple of couple of decisions with the Sterling thing, and obviously, um, defensively, we know that's not his um strength. So I think the system needs to cater that a bit more. But like, there's game, there's 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 um, there is parts of the game today where Enzo is playing very good passes. He's progressing the ball, doing his job, and that gets. I, that gets looked over. Like the ball he played to Jackson for um, when he went in and Konati caught him. That was an excellent pass. Ain't none of our midfielders doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's how I see it. I don't feel like there's any balance in the way Enzo gets judged. It's, probably, it's partly a gender, which is fine. But I think, yeah, I wouldn't. I, wouldn't I respect, I respect I, you for speaking out against it. It's a, it's an issue with the state of football coverage today. 
I think people spend a lot more of their energy hating players, talking down on players, than they do actually appreciating the good things about players. And if that player doesn't play for your team, wow, watch Thank out, you. right? Like it, it, it takes a player a couple of seasons for people to admit and agree that they're quality. And it takes a player about three games for everybody to say that they're shit. Um, so we have to do better. But I'll let you, I'll let you give your thoughts, Tobes, because you are one of the real uh, endo detractors today. Yeah, I was. And I'm not usually a big endo detractor. So, like, I fully hear Shems' point of view. I do think people go overboard. Like, I've been in chats where I'm, like, seeing a lot of things and people are saying things. I'm like, bro, the guy is progressing play. Like, his job is an eight. His job is to get the ball consistently into the final third. And I think he does that exceptionally well. But like Shem said, when, when you watch Enzo Fernandez, it's very hard to not see what he does well. You're right. Same way, it's very hard to not see. It's very hard to not see when he's not doing these things well. When I'm seeing Enzo Fernandez pick up the ball, and I can see he's got that the quality to play that pass into runner A or runner B, and I see him hoof the ball and and, and turn over possession. That's dead. That's dead. And sorry, in the first half, he was pants. He was he was poor. The Enzo Fernandez really only got into the game towards the end of the game. In the last 15, 20 minutes of the game for me, he got into the end of it. That's not to say that. The whole game, he was playing poor passes. That's to say that relative to the quality that you possess, I didn't see you even give me a, an average performance for the majority of the match. And then defensively, defensively as well, the, the way in which players were just ghosting past Enzo Fernandez, right? Liverpool players. I think defensively I'm talking... is where his, his real, on the yeah. board, he tends to, for the most part, be competent. Defensively, I think, is where you look at him and... It's not good, man. Yeah, 100%. 100%. He's not, he, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's good defensively, but in the end of the day, he's a midfielder. It's like me saying to a centre-back, a center back, okay, a centre-back, like someone like um, Davison Sanchez. Davison Sanchez is terrible on the ball. He's terrible on the ball, so I don't expect him to be pinging passes. But if he gives away the ball, trying to build out, I'm going to blame him because it's, it's poor. The same way, Enzo Fernandez, as a midfielder, you did not do your job well enough today. You didn't. At the same time, at the same time, though, I, 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 I do agree with you. He is a midfielder. Defensive responsibility is his job. But like, all I'll say is that there's a reason why, like, Jorginho can come to the Arsenal team, look fantastic, and not really get exposed defensively. There's a reason yeah, why because he's got Rice. He's got Rice doing all the dirty work for him. That's why. And, and and he's also got, and the team is actually set up as well. Okay, what about? No, you're right. The, the, stru the structure's there, yeah. but he's mainly got Rice doing doing the work for him. Because I recall Jorginho playing six against us when Rice was off the pitch, and it looked very different, brother. I can tell you that for free. Fair. All right. I think that's enough on Chelsea, the Carabao Cup final. There were other games played this weekend, and it would be nice to talk about them. Um, let's go with you, Disu, because you've been you've been quiet, stewing. I don't know why, because Manchester United lost. Um, like I said at the top, Mulga has two representatives this week, Disu and Elijah. I want you guys to come together, collaborate, something like a fusion dance, um, to break down the two-one loss at home to Marco Silva's Fulham, who haven't won a home uh, an away game since September. So talk us through the performance and talk us through why. People need to bleed now. It's that time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Again, I'll wait. I'm not Nothing hits like a disu, a disu 10 minute deep down break, breakdown uh, analysis. Of I, 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 I didn't watch the game, so that's why I was waiting for Elijah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you're not trying to replicate that. No, 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 no. So I caught the second half, but then I rewatched the game. Um. Yeah, we're really we're just an awful f- football team, to be honest. Um, I'm I'm just at a loss. Like I'm at a loss for words for how a team can look so badly coached and they train every single day. For I don't I just it's actually unbelievable. Like all the patterns I see, I feel like there's no way. I f- I feel like we defend off the cuff. And we attack off the cuff, we build up off the cuff, and it's just there's no semblance of any type of team structure there. It's just a really, just really, really poor. Like yesterday, I mean, like Dallo, Maguire, Lindelof, Casemiro first off, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like we're coming up onto the walls there. I don't even, Jesus Christ, man. Like Saudi might be too, too, too fast for, 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 for him now. Like, talk about this guy, bro. He like, two bloody months in 2023. That's been it, bro. Been it. There, there is washed, but this is different, bro. This is crazy. He is looking insane out there. And to be fair, I've always said it, I feel like. Ten Hag just gives him way too much to do because the amount of space he's asked to cover, he would not even be able to cover that in his prime. Asking him to do that now, like for, like he was asking him to do that three, for three days straight for six months in a row, and I'm like, it's just been absolutely bonkers. That terrible first half, Bruno. It's unbelievable to unbelievable to who's say more, who's worse, him or Casemiro. <sighs> Bruno, Bruno is worse than Casemiro. Let's be, let's be serious. Bruno, 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 no, how? Bruno is, Bruno is so unbelievably shit, man. Casemiro. No, 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 no. I'm not letting you not tell me that because when I was telling you that Casemiro wasn't good in the group chat, you're all fighting me. No, you always say all. You always say all. I was like. Literally, Man, I, I think you like two of the people who are like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody no, 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 just me. You lot were, you lot were, you lot all laughing at each other's chest. <laughs> and, and it all came around. It all came around. Same way when you lot were arguing with me that we were a good team, where we had a goal difference oh, at the time of plus three. Of plus fucking three. And, and well, these, these last we are three today. goals conceded. No, four goals conceded. We earned a bank of England re- one goal. Re- the receipts were there. Bro. Nah, no. Bro, no, no, no. And, and also, 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 no, sorry, now I'm going to rant here. Yeah. 
Man last year were telling me that Bruno was good because he was all right for six games, cuz. Because he stops playing that he had a lot of difficulty for six games and now he's good. So all you have to do is play like you don't struggle to learn and read and write for six games and now you're good. Now you're good. United fighters are everything. Oh, ETH is good. Oh, I don't know what you mean. Oh, we've got injuries. Oh, Luke Shaw's out. Luke Shaw's always been out. Bro's played out five games every year for 10 years. Man, man, I'm banking on Luke, Luke Shaw, bruv. Like, oh, Luke Shaw, oh, Dilo's injured. Oh, Varane's injured. Varane's always injured. <laughs> man, oh, Casemiro's injured. Casemiro will come back to put up a Saudi bound Hall of Shame performances. Back to back to back to back to back to back. Bruh, nah, nah. I'm, Bruno, hey, I saw one clip of a pass that Bruno attempted. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. What is that one way he can do it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's on the same pass. <laughs> I wouldn't even call that a pass. I don't know what that was. I know, I know. And, 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 and this is for the Touchdown Frackers OG listeners, yeah? I remember discussing a similar pass. I think it might have been a way to, like, at home to Villa like three, four years ago. And the ball came to him and he just tried to volley. I was like, and I said, I've never in all my years watching football, I have never seen anybody attempt to do this. And Bruno has attempts to do it regularly. Regularly. Bro, just... Like, and the thing is, when you watch football, you never see man slice the ball like that in football. That's more at Power League, do you know what I'm saying, at the park with a man them. Like, professional footballs, they don't miss hit the ball to that capacity. And that just kind of sums everything up with Bruno. And the reason why I say Bruno is worse than Casimiro, because Casimiro is capable of, like, playing decent. Bruno's incapable. He's incapable. And also, like, what Bruno does is, like, he sets the tone. Right, so he will be either an eight or a ten, and he will ego press. He would every attack that we're building up, he will lose the ball, so the ball's coming straight back at us. Like he is poor defensively, and Bruno Bruno treats the Bruno treats the football like it's like it's dynamite. Like if there's anybody near him, he has to give up the ball. He just has to because he knows that he can't beat the press because he can't move or dribble. Like like there's no redeeming qualities about Bruno. Well, at least Casimiro. Like he's good in the air. He could play some quality passes here and there, depending on what day it is. Do you know what I mean? He reads the game well. But I think, like, because his legs are gone and United actually give up, similar to Chelsea, we give up such big spaces that I think Casimiro's just thinking, bro, I might as well just try slag because if I just try to, like, shuffle across, they're going to they're gonna be in anyway. So he's thinking, fuck it, let me just slag. And then he slides and he misses the ball. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing redeeming about Bruno. Like, he's a rat. He's a prick, and he's crap, and he plays every game. He's durable. Like at least Bruno's gonna, like at least Casemiro's gonna be gone in like four months. Like Bruno's here, he's like a cockroach, bro. Like he's going to survive everything. It's just shocking, man. And also random, we've conceded seventeen shots against Fulham. When I saw that stat, that um, a clock team says twenty fifteen, yeah, which is eight years, has faced twenty shots twice. And we face 20 shots in like 72 hours, yeah? Says everything you need to know about Bruno Fernandes and the rest of the football team. We've, Every... we've conceded 100 shots in, in the past five games. Go back and, and look who, who we've faced in these past it, five games. Bro, it's not even like we're facing like serious gunmen like PSG, bro. Prime PSG, Bayern, Arsenal, City. We are facing like, bro, Luton had 58% possession against us. I don't think Luton... Luton... Luton can't even have 58% possession if they do attack versus defense in training. They're not, they're not even having 58% possession if they do that. 
Oh, mate, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I lost, I lost five games. Hey, Shams, you're good, brother. <laughs> I lost five games of Fulham, Luton, Aston Villa, West Ham and, and Wolves. So, yeah, it's, it's really just um, horrendously bad at the minute. Um, I want to open it up, obviously, you guys have given your thoughts. I don't know if you even got to finish, Elijah. This was just, I, I, I that didn't know. Did a no. bit of gaslighting at the start, and he then Bruno a, a, a rant from there on. Yeah, yeah, he heard Bruno, and then his eyes just all went red. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I need to come on to it. That front three. So he played. So he played. He started Omari Forson, and let, let's speak by the fact that Anthony Holden got injured, and Anthony didn't come in, in, in for him. Says everything about the, the both of them, quite, quite frankly. But the fact that matters, we've been playing Garnacho right, Rashford left, and Hodder up top. Amari Forson is not good on the wing. We played in preseason against Dortmund. He played out on the wing. Yeah, he, 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 he had to get dragged off first half because he was, he was either going to get sent off or he was just playing absolutely terribly because he's not a winger like that. He's a central player. He's better in the, the pockets and. Even when he came on against Wolves, the assist for um, Maynou, it, it came from him, the ball sticking with him centrally because he's actually quite good. So, obviously, the thing is, play him as a number nine, as a false nine. My man's playing Rashford up top, yeah? Where we, we, we all know that Rashford up top is just not it anymore. Garnacho back on the left where he's much worse and then forcing on the wing again. And like, and the whole balance was messed up. Like, yeah, no intent. Once he went with that, no intentions of winning. No like, intentions of winning. Like, that game. like the thing is, yeah, I always speak about the fact that I really hate a lot of these players, and they need to go. But the fact of the matter is, Ten Hag is not doing anything to suggest that he should even be here right now. He is be- doing such a poor job that it's ridiculous. And even in the second half, that Ericsson substitution. It is the worst substitution I've seen. Hey, 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 because I was out here, yeah, so I was tracking the game and I saw, like, I went to Sofa Saw, I saw Ericsson. I was like, Ericsson, I thought you were dead. Like, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot bro, it existed. Why do we have Ericsson off? Bro, we have on Ericsson to play we as have, a lone six. As a lone we, six again. We, and, and the thing is, he popped this was an L after like three games last season. I don't think. I think we might have the most unathletic midfield in Premier League history. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, like we have like no dog, no no people can get about, and it's crazy because actually Fred actually might be our second best midfielder if we still had him in the squad. Like uh, that, uh, that is very, 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 very mad. I think Elijah raised a good point about Ten Hag, and I hate like I'm seeing like the journal like the state of journalism in this country outside outside of you Elijah it's so bad because people just like oh these players aren't very good so it can't be Ten Hag's fault I'm like first of all a significant portion of these players are at the feet of Ten Hag because he purchased them um and or he didn't purchase replacements for them and chose to spend or should I say waste money elsewhere and secondly we see managers across the league with less resources getting more out of their players like Gary O'Neill is getting more out of Wolves players than ETH is getting out of our players. I can't remember the name of um, the Luton manager, but he's getting more out of the Luton players. Dax is getting more out of the Everton players. Emery has Aston Villa with a shout of getting top four. And has a, of Spurs a shout of getting top four. And Andrew's got there. 
and damn near half of Andrew's starters were missing for like a month because you had AFCON and then you had injuries to Madison, uh, Bentecourt and uh, Van der Ven. So you can't use this excuse. And I hate when people are like, oh, but look at Arteta. Yeah, for every Arteta, there's like a gazillion other managers that are in the mud and just continuously failing and failing and failing. Like, at least with Arteta, there was periods where you kind of saw, you, you saw what he was trying to do and it just and then maybe he was executing. Like ETH doesn't even believe in his own principles or his himself. Like nothing he nothing he does, nothing he does makes sense. Like if you're making decisions that us and touchline frackers who actually have day jobs could know that these are very bad decisions, there's something wrong with you. Like there's something wrong like, with you, man. Like I literally always say if the fact if I'm able to spot something and I know I, I, and I know it's gonna be shit and it happens to be shit. And I know it's it. I'm not. I'm not a pro professional. If if you're doing it, it makes me sick. Like watching Ericsson come on. That performance from Ericsson was absolutely hey, atrocious. It was bad. It, it was. was so, what well, I'm like. <laughs> it was bad, bro. bro he but, wasn't playing. He wasn't playing any minutes. So Ten Hag mentally has already said this guy can't cut it. You then drop him back into it. But the worst thing is. But but he did the same thing with he did the same thing with Maguire right right where he had no interest in playing him and all of a sudden he's he's, he's dropped him back in and my man's playing regularly again. I, sorry sorry. Maguire's still, Maguire still got a working um yeah so yeah so Maguire like, yeah like, Maguire's like, different. Maguire's different. like you're absolutely insane Maguire. But all I'll say is it's not it's not it's not just about he brought on Ericsson. It's the fact that Amrabat a guy he hounded the club for to bring in was on the bench his dm came off and he still brought on Ericsson to play as the lone six do you know how insane that is i do not care how bad amrabat has been if if your dm comes off and our midfield is getting run through I, I i i don't think elijah i don't think amrabat was like bad i just thought he was just okay do you know what i'm saying and also why do you think that we can play with one six who told you we have multiple eights who told you that lie? Who told you that rumor? Like, why do you think we could play with one six? What in our structure shows that we can have one person there that starts off attacks and kind of has a passing angles to find people and can do the defensive work? Who told you that rumor? Because I would like to understand because we don't have anybody in the team that can fulfill that role. We, our team isn't even set up to play it that way. Like, we should be trying to plug as many spaces and being played as tight as compact as possible. The fact that we were playing when people, because obviously I was like um, the Touch Africa football team chat, and I think German Dan, shout out German from Touchy Gunas, he sent me like a voice in a breaking down the game. He was like, um, like, Fulham had much of the game, United looked good in a break. And I was like, wait, hold on. Why are United looking good at the break at <laughs> home? That doesn't make any sense, bro. Like, we are playing counter attack ball at home. And I'm sorry, like, any team could look dangerous if you're counter attacking by the sheer virtue of the fact that it's a counter-attack. You're going to look dangerous. Like, can you consistently pen teams in, create wave after wave of attack, create chances? And we can't. We can only literally create chances if we just counter. Another thing, random Elijah, do you know what I randomly clocked here? I, can't remember, I think I was watching Arsenal, yeah? And I was like, wait, I don't think anybody in our team can cross. Oh, and no. I mean, when, I mean, when I mean anybody, I mean in the whole squad of 23. I don't oh. think there's a single player... That could cross. I think our best crosser now is probably Shaw. And Shaw could not cross before 2021. So I'm really not sure what is going on in there. Like, we have no one that, that can cross the ball. It's so insane to me. 
It's we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't even try. Like, that can cross. Can you imagine? Oh, because he got one assist in 200 games. They'll tell you he can cross. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched the game, yeah. And, uh, he was absolutely diabolical. But um, one thing I want to say as well, yeah. Um, German Dan's right. Um, Fulham did have a lot of the game, like a lot of the most of the game. They, they were quite dominant. And But one thing that was really apparent to me was the amount of turnovers. Like, even the the eleven that started to the midfield, so it was like Mainu. Um, Mainu wasn't really in the game to be fair, but it was Mainu, Casemiro, Bruno. They were turning over the ball. Then Ericsson comes on. He turned over the ball. Dallo's turned over the ball a lot on the right hand side as well, and it was just a it was a bloody mess. It was just a typical. Um, as soon as they score, the only reason why we're gonna come back into the game is because they've retreated. Um, if Fulham didn't retreat, there was no way United would come back into that game. That was and just a random thing. When I was watching it, and I think. Yeah, it's, it's just about Fulham. It's about how these teams navigate football matches. It's like we have absolutely nothing for you if you just oh, continue to yeah. play the way you are playing. Yeah. Why would you immediately sit back and go into a mode where you invite pressure onto you? I find just, it they don't learn. And just one of the things that I've observed as well, yeah, sorry, that that McTominay sub is it's reminding me of what Jose used to do with Fellaini, where it's like. It's like there's no there's nothing left. Do you know what I'm saying? This team ain't gonna give me that. Let me chuck him on, yeah. Like and just put him up there and see what he can give me. He, to be fair to him, he had one chance where he should have squared it to Rashford, but he went for goal. No, and but just the goal score has got to his head. No, <laughs> no, no, no. He is terrible in the final in, in, in the final third, by the way. He 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 can shoot, he can head the ball. His decision making in the final third is absolutely dog shit. The worst thing is, yeah, those two subs he made. He done it, so it meant that Bruno went right wing. I said, you know what? <laughs> I said, you know what? You really brought on McTominay to play as the 10, Manu 8, and then Ericsson as the 6. That's crazy. When you had Ahmad, and I don't even like Anthony, but you had Ahmad and Anthony on the bench. And then and, and then when we start to chase, chase the game, he finally brings on Ahmad. We actually start to look a bit better because people are in the right... P- p- position sort of and f- f- Fulham ha- have retreated but the Awobi goal er- Ericsson all like Triori yeah e- like literally yeah Ericsson can take him out he puts the weakest foot out and just lets him go Maguire can't take him out he's made a butter like literally like people always talk about last season he was good let's keep it a buck people say this about Casemiro like he he gave us a good two three months same as Ericsson and he was not nearly as good as Casemiro I I don't care if he's free transfer he's been fucking terrible and I really I since last season I've just hated watching him play seeing him come on your state just it that that sub for me just made me I can't I've not been able to see straight since like I I've not, <laughs> I'm so confused that he would actually bring bring him on because ah, oh, it's it's bonkers to me. It's absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, 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 feel, I feel like just for, from an outsider's perspective, yeah. Whenever I and, and banter aside, when I watch United, yeah, I think the thing that probably annoys me most, and and this is why I can't respect Ten Hag, is just his lack of accountability. Like I, I find him a proper coward, and like that more more than anything, like even the playing style, whatever, like he doesn't take accountability for what actually happens on the pitch. Like every game I'm seeing United getting blam, blam, blam. He's coming out. Do you know what? We deserve to take something from the game. I'm like, big man, are you joking? Like you, your, your team is. I think, yeah, been... you are so right. And I think that's what makes me hate him even more mm. because 
imagine just seeing all of that then after the game. Like, I remember when we lost to Arsenal, in fact, he was like, we should have had a penalty. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I had to ask the man there, what, what is he talking about? And when he mentioned the Hoyland thing, I was like, bro, is, is he all right? And bro, it's so... It's, it's so it's, 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 still talks about that, Gabriel, thing now. He said we should have won yesterday. Yeah, yeah no, 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 but but the reason why I'm saying that is because towards the end of the game, we had a lot of chances. The worst thing is, yeah, if you look at the stats after the game, it looked like you, you United actually played one created chances. No, for 18 minutes, we for, for said we got our goal, but we're we're gonna sit back. We, we which by the way is what, what they always do, and that's why they lost the lead to um Liverpool earlier on the season. They went ahead, they, 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 they just sit back for some reason. But cool, for 80 minutes, we actually created a lot of chances. Most of that was from set pieces. We had a Maguire chance. I think there was a cross from Ericsson back post or something like that. And even the goal was just a random Bruno shot that L- that Leno palmed down and then Maguire scored from. By the way, towards the end of the game, Bruno would just shoot from any angle. But he said, oh, the pitch is wet. So you know what? That's how I'm going to create chances. Shoot at the keeper and then just, just hope for him to push it out. It was bullshit. <laughs> Insane. There was a chance where he could have played through a mud and he was far out, like 30 yards out. And he said, you know what? Pop it off. He's like, and but the worst thing is he said, Oh, we, we should have won the game. But no, bro, I watched that full game. Fulham were the better team, the more, not, the, not even the better team, just like they 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 stuck to their game plan. They were, they outplayed us. We got outplayed by a Fulham team with the second worst away record in the league, bro. Mm. Who's only worse, Sheffield United? I don't know. I I I think that might have been their second win of the season. So it was, yeah, yeah. They that was, was probably lit, like like Fulham aren't a bad team, but they came there and literally outplayed us. And like it was the what what like I said it yesterday. The only surprise about them scoring that late was the fact that they weren't 3-0 up already. Like they had so many chances. It was it was it was so perfect. And like it just like as much as you the thing is, I talk about the players to death, but this week that was just all on the manager. Like I cannot keep watching a team be being games where I'm like, this is not a real f- this is not football. Like this it's is actually awesome. insane. Like when you watch your team go out there, sorry, Tones, when you watch your team just go out there and just run around, it's actually insane. Like there's no sort of game plan, there's no tactical approach to how they're gonna exploit a team. Right. Mariah, Mariah, see, like all these men, they get paid handsomely. Um, ETH right. gets paid a lot. He's also running various Ponzi schemes for transfers, obviously, with bad people. <laughs> but, but don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Me, don't worry, one day, me and Chuck Rhodes, whilst me and Chuck Rhodes get a hand on this guy, yeah? <clears throat> yeah, don't worry, me and the SEC will do this guy. Yeah. Bro, bro, I'm telling you. also eating off this guy. I'm telling you. He's I'll tell you, he's I'm, I'm telling you, see that they, when they invited the Anthony and Hoyland deal, his fingerprints are going to be all over it. All of, anyway, what what is bro doing from Monday to Saturday? I need him to come out press conference and I to my timetable telling us what you have done with visual evidence because I need to understand because our man just played ahead of the Woolies. Because, like, what are we doing tactically? Like, when I, I, obviously, we don't speak about um, now. Shell's here, unfortunately. When I'm watching Arsenal, I'm like, even against Porto, I'm like, this is a well coached team. 
from the way the players move as they progress the ball. Like, there's repetitions in their attacks. Like, the amount of times I see Odegaard, Saka, Ben White rotating positions, pass, 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 boom. Um, ben White's in that, or Saka's in, or Saka's drifted into the middle. Like, there's so many, there's nothing like that with Manchester United. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we are not defensively sound, but at the same time, we don't have we don't have loads of players in offensive positions into the box to get on the end of rebounds. So where are the players? <laughs> what are they doing? And, you get what I'm saying? There is no one in the middle of the pitch. Where are, the, are, where are the players? Like where are the players? Like what are we doing from Monday to Friday? What are we doing? At least with Jose, yeah, as much as I despise him, I understood what Jose was trying to achieve. I just thought it was despicable on a prime pitch humanity with ETH, not with, not with LVG coach. I knew what he was trying to do. It was very obvious, yeah? With Oli, Oli was closer to this, but Oli had a couple of... <laughs> <laughs> Oli, at least Oli, Oli had a couple of hoopers. Right. Yeah, the easy, Oli's thing was let... Oli's thing was that like, ball don't stop. Like, let the ballers ball. Like, yeah. you lot, hey, Rashford, Martial, like, mm-hmm. uh, Pogba, Bruno. Other guy, I rate you, man. You got to do your thing in it. <laughs> you got to do your thing in it. I rate you, man. You got to do your thing in it. Now, that was history. ETH, yeah? Like, we have no width either. Our fullbacks don't get, like, high and wide. Our wingers don't get high and wide. But nobody's in the middle, so where are the players? Bro, like, the, 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 <laughs> actually, they probably, what, like, they give our games in, like, coaching schools of an example of yeah. how not to how not to coach. Um, but, yeah, I think we could we could talk about this forever. We've still got, um, we've still got um, music. We've got music. We've got music <laughs> tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, so, Sean, I'm going to come across you waited ever patiently, obviously grinning throughout because your, your ops are on fire. You, you can't be mad. Um, so, yeah, an, another win for your guys. Um, keeping the pressure on the, the two teams who are also at the top with you. So, Newcastle came to yours. You, you beat them comfortably 4-1, avenged your loss earlier in the season. Is that what? Before that, you won 5-0, you beat West Ham 6-0, beat Liverpool 3-1. So, your league form in 2024 has been splendid. Talk us through what you saw yesterday, um, how how things are looking for you guys. What are your expectations off the back of last season? You don't need to go back to last season, but what are your expectations between now and the end of the season? Yeah, man, so we'll we'll get on to to generally. I think... um... You know, when we lost to Porto, there was Arsenal fans are hella dramatic, bro. We we always do too much either way. When we win, we're the best team in the world. When we lose, everything's fucking awful, which is obviously the nature of the beast with a lot of fans generally. But now I wasn't. We we did our we pretty much did the touchy Gunas pod straight after that game, and we were just like, you know, it happens, man. You can't win everything in it. You you'll lose some. I don't think we played particularly well. I think we we sort of halfway housed it. We tried to control, but. We didn't really see it out well. It was a bit of naivety from us at the end. So it was interesting, obviously, to see how, we, how we'd how bounce back. And, and you're right, our league form, um, especially in 2024, has been really, really good. So that's now six wins in a row. I think um, what, I, what I liked yesterday, and, and I thought we would probably do against Porto, right, was we went with a Jorginho and Rice double pivot. And, and we tended to do that in, in a lot of the bigger games this season. Um, just to be a bit more pragmatic and I think to allow Rice to win it higher up and, and really, uh, you know, put a stranglehold on team. So I really, really like that. But um, I think yesterday... Jorginho. That, that, yeah, yeah. that was a session. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he cooked, man. And, and as someone who's not historically a big fan of him, I have to hold my hands up, bro. So be objective where you see it. Yeah, he, he was really in his... 
deep line playmaker bag yesterday, man. He was like they 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 just couldn't get near him. And I think obviously they couldn't get near him because of I think to Disney's point yesterday, I think you made a tweet which was saying like Arsenal were essentially strangling Newcastle like how Homer Simpson does with Barbie, <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? So we we kept winning the ball so high up and, and obviously where Jorginho was dictating was pretty much like 30, 40 yards from their goal. So he was legit just picking passes like the one he picked for the second goal, uh, Martinelli made a sick run. Um, he found him and obviously he cut it back for habits, man. But he he's played really, really well. He played, I think that might have been, that could have possibly been his best performance for us. I thought he played really, really well um, away to, <laughs> I thought he played really, really well away to um, when we played Liverpool a couple of weeks ago as well. So, um, so I thought he was good, man. But yeah, man. He's, he's been sick this season, so prop, props where it's due. It's funny, though, because obviously, like, he's 32, but he looks like one of the oldest 32-year-olds I've seen, boy, because he can't play two games in a week at the moment. Like, 65 minutes, this guy, 65, 70 minutes, this guy's ready to come off again. But, yeah, no, nah, he was, um, he hooped fully yesterday, man, so props to him, boy. And I think that approach in we've had in bigger games where, obviously, usually we play Rice at the base with two eights, but in the bigger games, I think I don't think we've lost a big game in the league yet this season where, where we've gone with more of a double pivot. I think it's worked really, really well too. Can I, can I just quickly um, ask you a question? Um, yeah, obviously, sure, you kind of, you kind of um, answered a part of it with, with what you said about Jorginho, but it's, it's about him. Um, obviously, you know, I've, I've watched Jorginho for a while um, as he used to play for Chelsea. Um so I wanted to ask you when when Jorginho was gonna go to Arsenal, there was a lot of um, I think your fan base is quite snobby if I'm gonna be honest with you. There was a lot of detractors and like, you know, oh he caught chapter party blah blah blah. So I just want to ask you, um, I, I and I trust you to give me a great a good answer because I've heard you speak and on the other hand, um, what what do you what do you lose like from a great party performance and a great Jorginho performance? Like what's the what's the difference? Because from what I've what, when I've watched you guys this season. Every time Jorginho's in the in a team, you guys look a far better team, in my opinion, in terms of like just just in just how you play. And I think um you guys are a very, very good team. Um got a lot of likable players. Um, but when he's in the team, I just feel like things are a lot more fluid. Do you know what I'm saying? And I don't really see that much of a difference between what Partey gives um Arsenal at his best and what Jorginho does. So if you could just like break that down for me. I'd be intrigued. So, so with the Jorginho stuff, Arsenal fans, Arsenal's hundred percent. You're right. I feel like when we look at it through context, yeah, the Jorginho stuff was annoying because it was a last minute thing, and obviously we had tried to get Caicedo for like a couple of weeks before. So I think it was. It's not necessarily as much as Jorginho being a player. It was more like we had pinned our hopes on us getting Caicedo right, and that's what we thought was going to help see us over the line. So to pivot from that to like a short term option in Jorginho, where we were kind of like. And we know about Jorginho's deficiencies athletically, right? So Tobes mentioned earlier on, like, Jorginho in a double pivot, fine, no issue, right? But Jorginho as a, as a single pivot, it's, sort of in the north, it, it's quite scary, man. So, you know, once it starts opening up and um, he's got to cover big swaths of space is, is where you tend to see him struggle a bit more. And I think, to your point, that's probably the bigger difference um, between him and Party. Um, Party can cover space better than Jorginho. I think Party's also better under pressure right he has that ability to evade pressure jink pass one or two um and, and and i think that's probably the main difference but i'll hold my hands up as well as someone who's not historically a big fan i think Jorginho's shown actually a really really good range of passing actually that i didn't mm. maybe appreciate to to the level he did because I, I actually think he's a really really good passer and and we're quite lucky that we've had like him to come in right um at, at certain stages especially in big games so i think um as a short-term signing i can't knock it right um, I think I think he's been well, 
I think he's done well. I'd still personally, in my opinion, I'd still moving on moving on in this summer because I think we need to do some other stuff in midfield. But um overall, like once he's partnered, um, I think obviously this one and Tobes have both said this. Once he's partnered with someone athletic, um, his deficiencies for the most part are, are quite well hidden. What what I'll say is that I think it's fair that Partey covers more spaces. That's fine. But I think what a lot of football fans underrate about Jorginho is that he's his football his football brain and intelligence is so good that he's very good at reading the game. So in a defensive phase, he picks up really good positions to actually make interceptions. And he positionally, he's actually quite good. Um, so when your team's under the cosh, like he will actually, I've seen for Chelsea, he will actually take up really good positions to like either make interceptions or blocks um, and actually help the team out defensively. So whilst he is a, whilst he can't cover spaces, that's fair. I do feel like that's one quality that fans underrate with Jorginho. But yeah, I've always said that um, if you give him like the right conditions in terms of, you know, you've got to run as around. Because I always say this, at Chelsea, he played next to Kova and Kante, who can run for days. Um, him next to Rice is cash money, man. I just feel like it should have been done more, to be honest with you. But yeah, that's me. I think Arsenal are a very good team. Um, a lot of likeable players. I think yesterday they were absolutely fantastic. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's looking good for you lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not going to disagree too much, and and I think to to just lastly your point on on Jorginho, I think positionally he is good, and and I think he has to anticipate right because he's wary of what happens if he doesn't anticipate, and people have that time to turn and run at him. That's where sort of problems um, arise. And like I said, he's been serviceable. Um, he can't play every week. He can't play every three days um, like we need. But if we can cherry pick his games. Um, I think he's good, man. So yeah, so, so no problems. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I think I think we're in a good place. We're in a good position. I still think we need certain players back. Hopefully, you know, we, Which ones we, specifically? we part party needs to come back. Timber needs back to come training. back. He's, he's back in training. He's, he's back. He's back in training. But, uh, oh, party needs to come back to do what? To help us, bro. Like you'll see. Oh, help you do what? Help you do what, bro? To help us, bro. Help you do what, bro? I, I know where you're trying to lure me and I'm not going to fight. Do you think he's going to come back at, at right back? No, 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 no. I think he will. I think, I think, I think he'll, he'll come into midfield. Like for the big, like, cause I'm thinking like when I look at, I saw um the remaining fixtures, right. Between Liverpool right. City, like we still got to go away to Spurs. We still got to yeah. go away to um City. And no matter how shit you man are, Arsenal suffer brain damage. Uh, 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 stop, stop, stop it. Stop it. You know what? You man are saying stop it, bro. I've seen Arsenal win. Three, I'm 34 years old, bro. I've seen Arsenal win like three, four times at Old Trafford in my entire this life. Bro. This so is the worst. This is as much as possible, bro. No, but this this is this is literally our worst ever team. There is no one that you should actually fear. Yeah, but jokes aside, yeah. I think Partey, like, like if he can actually stay fit and play, I think he gives you a lot because I think your weakness, I think you've got two weaknesses in your team. One, you don't actually have, like, a, a proper driller to go along with Saka because Saka is, you know, Saka's going to do his thing. So I think you need, if you have, like, a certified gunman along with Saka, like, you, you Havertz missed bare chances yesterday. <laughs> I missed yeah. bare chances. But you're still slapping up teams, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. in... The other midfield spot, you've got Declan Rice, that's certified. You've got Odegaard, that's certified. Is that mm. other midfield spot? Mm. I think yeah. Jorginho has been brilliant because I think yeah. he can hold like Declan Rice can't, he's not really there to be playmaking and playing. Like Jorginho can hold his hand doing that. And you allow, it allows Declan, even Declan Rice in the eight. Although I think like when he gets to the final third, he's no start speeding, kind of like Kante used to. But pressing wise, it is peak. Like he is such a weapon. Like, bro, like, 
the way that Bruno G was breathing heavy like a dog anytime Lux <laughs> was around him was he had crazy. A bad day. He had a horrible bad day. Day. Yeah, yeah, bad yeah. Day. That's, that's because Arsenal were taking oxygen out of the stadium. That's why man could not breathe. <laughs> Bro, for a good 15 minutes here, yeah, I do not think the Newcastle had possession of the ball no, they didn't. That in the in the central areas. It was literally our half, lose it. Our half, lose it. Like, I've never seen, they don't want to do like the territory map. I've never seen 52% in their third. That is unheard of, man. That is unheard of, yeah. So I think if you can get in Thomas Partey, because I think you still, as good as you are, I think you still miss having Partey in that deeper role. Like you see how, what Jorginho gave you yesterday. You see what Jorginho gave you against Liverpool. So having Partey or Jorginho play that position, obviously I think Partey is a better player because one, I don't think he's passing is quite as good as Jorginho's, but he's way better against the press. Like, he's brilliant against the press. He's more athletic. He's not like open Wi-Fi or Jorginho. And he could drive with the ball as well. But so you so you have like one of those two players there, and then you have Declan Rice as an eight. I think now your midfield has no weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, sorry, just to, to jump on that point because I think I, I think I tweeted after the game yesterday. I said like, seeing what Jorginho is doing now is only making me angrier that I haven't seen Thomas Party for six months, right? Because essentially, if we could have lined up with Party and Rice for eight, even if you say eighty percent of our games, I'm quite confident. Like, basically, we haven't seen Party for six months, right? But we're still only two points off top. Like, I feel like if Party had been available for a good, like, even half of the season. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I'd be quite confident in saying I, I think we'd be we'd be top right now, personally. I'm going I'm to slightly disagree here, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw you bear shaking your head. Don't do that yeah. when my man's chatting. What I will say is that I think Party is a brilliant player, but I think, what, I think we're doing a bit too much here, personally. Now, the reason why I say that is because I think that... What's more important for this Arsenal team is for Gingerbread Man to come back and stop missing big chances. And if if he if he can do that and Odegaard can rise it like he has been doing the last few games, if he can rise it that level to the end of the season, I think that could take Arsenal to the title. I don't necessarily think Arsenal win the league without Partey. Because like you said, if Arsenal are this without him, if Arsenal are this close without him, and they can get their their one of their um their striker scoring, and then Odegaard because Odegaard I think is a brilliant player. I think this season started off a bit slow. He's been rising it lately. If he can maintain that level, I think that that takes them up. Okay, let me let me let me. I, I agree and disagree with you. Last season, sorry, sorry, Tubbs. They were top of the league with Partey playing in the six last season. Yeah, and they didn't enough there without him. Yeah, but they're not top. They were top of the league comfy for a for a, for a, for a, for a stretch last season. I with mean, Partey playing week in, week out. Oh, no, I, saw, I saw a stat that said basically in comparable fixtures to yeah, last season. Same point. Same, same point. Same point. And if they win next yeah, Saturday, uh, they'll be three points ahead of where, where uh, they were. Yeah, I, 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 I think I think what's slightly more impressive, right? And, and Leroy has spoken about Arteta yeah, coaching his ass off. Like last season, right? <laughs> you could predict what Arsenal's eleven would be every week. Every week, right. we were quite lucky that we had a clean bill of health for a lot of last season. We that we yeah. ran with the same team, like for the for the majority of love. But obviously, this season we've had a lot of injuries, right? We've had to now adapt to having Champions League playing every three days. So there's been. I think we've only been able to field like the same eleven like three times, like consistently in a season. And what quote unquote some people might say is our first thing. We haven't really seen, right? If you're if you're gonna include maybe party and timber in it, they've they have they have not been around. So I think 
to the point where I think the manager has coached really, really well to have us in this position when we haven't always had our, you know, our pieces all together. Like Jesus has been in and out, Zinchenko has been in and out, Tommy Asu, who a lot of Arsenal fans do propaganda for. Like yeah. he's that brother when Asia Cup came back injured again. So um, you know, like so certain individuals um have not really really been about. So I feel like if we can recover some bodies back um going into the stretch, I, I think I think I think we'll be in a decent position. So to I answer think... your question, Mariah. So, sorry, sorry, Shams, I'll let you come in here. Yeah. To answer your question, I expect us to compete on all fronts until the end of the season, whether that means we win it or not. Like I think we need certain variables to go in our favour because I just think we have the harder fixture lists out of the rest of the teams, right? Um, so... I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you about this, yeah, because I think that it's kind of going unnoticed yeah. um, because your team has been so good. So this is partly me getting my agenda off and partly analysis, yeah? <laughs> I think that if Martinelli comes to the party, I think you'll probably win the league yeah. because you because you literally got this far with... I'm not even bringing in the um, gingerbread man because... Gingerbread man's been gingerbread in for years. This is this is what he does. So it's not it's not a sh- it's, it should be a shock to anybody. Do you get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Saka, you could count on Saka, innit? Like do his thing. No take arms, but a couple goals here and there. Good you, good home, Christian, all that. Cool. Your midfield, your midfield is doing a thing. Your defense is brilliant. I think. Do you, what do you think? Do you think that Martinelli can regain his form this season? And how much do you think that will impact what you do going forward? Right, because. I, I disagree with Shems about the Partey thing. I think Partey announced Arsenal to be better offensively because we have Partey at six instead of Declaration at six. The ball is moving quicker into all the danger men as quickly as possible. You're retaining attacks as quickly as possible. And you're also stopping counter-attacks better, isn't it? But I think that Arsenal are doing all this despite having poor offensive play from Gabriel Jesus when he was there, um, Martinelli and Havertz. And I think it's really been Saka and Trossard are the only people in the front line that have been consistently doing stuff so like, how do you, what do you think about Martinelli this season and do you think you can write quick, quick disclaimer before you answer Sean um, what I was saying about Partey is more about how highly I rate Jorginho as opposed to like Partey. yeah we can, we, can, we can tell you to do your Jorginho prop I don't know I don't know what he I don't know what, what he thinks this is this is Chelsea <laughs> 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 yesterday Man, I'm shocked because they don't work, bro. They won't, they won't yeah, yeah, yeah. Shems is right. No, 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 no. Shems is right. When people were shocked at Jorginho, I was like, you lot are fucking trolling. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you lot are trolling. You must be trolling. You must be trolling. Man's been doing this since sorry days at uh, you know, uh, Chelsea. Uh, yeah. Let me know. Let me know. So I, I feel like, um, yeah, the point, this is asking about Martinelli, right? So, right. Let, let me pick my words carefully because I'm I'm on. I know I'm you're not a fan. Pod- I listened to the last touchy, so don't don't lie. Basically, you built like a plugin. Kunzen Kunzen Devil are waiting there. They're waiting to put, as Pat Bev would say, they're waiting to put belts and ass. No, okay. Shell, Shell, you literally bench press both of them every week. Don't let that man push you off your opinion. Yeah. Nah, I don't think he's bench pressing Cougs. That's a heavy guy, bro. Cougs is a heavy guy. up to toes, bro. Oh, that's so good. Thank you, Toms. Um, no. In all seriousness, yeah, I feel like obviously up until January, most of our attackers have been stinking this season, yeah. But I feel like um. Martinelli's probably been the one who's, because we tend to concentrate a lot of our attacks down the right as well, right? You, this is mentioned, obviously, Saka, Odegaard, Ben White, Lincoln, that's that's a regular thing. And 
obviously we've integrated Havertz this season and he's, you know, he's just not a passer by trade. Obviously, he's not necessarily asked to be in build-up. He's not involved in build-up, but almost to an extent, he's a second striker. So he gets into now the spaces that Martinelli was running into last season. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you're not going to get any Havertz prop from me, Tobes. Don't worry, man. So um, I feel like... Martinelli's probably been a symptom of some of the changes that we've had in midfield, um, but also that doesn't excuse him from some of his own individual actions, in my opinion, which at times can leave a lot to be desired. Sometimes poor, loose touches, um, but he just doesn't have the same ability to to cook 1v1. Like Even if you can't cook 1v1, you've got to have the ability to maybe combine, maybe stretch in behind, just, just offer some different tools, which is why I was happy with what he did yesterday for the second goal, right? Um, made a run across and then and then had the cutback for, for Havertz. But yeah, I think we need to see more. Generally, he's got five, I think, six league goals all season. It's not good enough, essentially. And probably between him, him or Trossard, they're probably Arsenal's best finishers. Um, but we don't really get Martinelli into loads of shooting positions per game. So to answer your question, Dish, I think it's a case of, yeah, maybe the tactics aren't optimised to get the best out of him. But I also just think that technically that we need to see some some more from him personally, in my opinion. And and it's not necessarily a popular decision amongst us TG guys. You know, it leaves a lot. Of, we, we, we argue about it a lot. But I just think he individually needs to show out himself a bit more personally. So if he wants to be considered... He is, a, he is who he is. Now, I remember when he was yeah. coming through, you, Dr. Leroy, maybe a couple of other people expressed a lot of confidence in him making it as it were due to as a striker yeah and i think that's been making it what i don't not even fuss where it is i think that's been justified to a certain extent but i think i agree with what the guy said on the last tg pod that every player can't be everything i think you know you've got Saka on the other side right who can you can kind of play him in any sort of system he's shown that he can play in a variety of positions and do play those positions really well maybe you just need better than what gabriel martinelli is and He's a squad. He's a squad level player for the type of team you want to be, right? Even if he's not a squad level player, I just think we need to. One, I've never been a believer in that these guys should just be assured of their places. They need competition, um, right? So mm. even though obviously we always joke about the Mudrick stuff, like I just think we needed another profile of similar to Martinelli right. or Saka because we don't really have that in the squad, and mm. I'm sure that's probably something we're going to look to address in the summer, right? So um, players to adapt and and and, and to rotate. Um, and to keep them on their toes, right? Competition's important, right? Which is why Trossard plays probably more than most of the other squad players because he's able to play in a variety of positions and more often than not, he produces in the final third. Um, so, yeah. So, But I think Martinelli will get there. Like, like I said, it's not that I'm, I'm down on the What does get there mean to you? Define get there for me. Get there, is, get there is put the ball in the net more. Put the okay. ball in the net more. Like, so I, I'd, like I said, to your point, and, and Leroy made this on the... Uh, point on the pod on Wednesday is that not everyone can have everything and and maybe in my head what I want from my my wide guy is to do everything do you know what I mean mm. but obviously not every wide player can do that and that's yeah. fine to be fair because you can still be functional like we always talk about for example a Diego Jota at, at Liverpool right he's not really a flashy player he doesn't he's not someone who cooks guys 1v1 but he yeah. produces and he has a lot of end product on a regular basis so that's kind of what I'm looking from from Martinelli to, to you know at his optimum, maybe to be a Jota type level player who can play all across the front line, but produces, you know, goals yeah. um, whenever you need from him. Yeah, so, yeah. I, th I think I, th I think that's fair. Obviously, with the season he had last season and his age, you know, you get those typical. He's got X Y Z, and he's only X Y Z age, um, and the feelings kind of like the, the sky's the limit. And I guess it must be a little bit worrying because you're scoring goals for fun, right? 
And he is getting into dangerous positions, I think, even against Newcastle. Did he have a, a header, which he just wasn't yeah, able to, exactly. just yeah, wasn't able get, over. To, to get o- over the ball? But yeah, we'll, we'll see. But from the outside looking in, I agree with Jesu. I think you guys are the best team in the league front to back at the minute. I find. Do, do, do you guys seriously think that? I, just I, from I, front to back. Just from how you play, oh. how you play, and how no, you oh, impress your, yourself. I don't agree. Yeah, I I didn't ask your opinion, Tobes. I said I don't agree. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm joking. Um. Yeah, I think so. I I'm think, not. I'm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you guys are the best. I think you're the best to watch. Um. Yeah. Kind of what DC said in terms of like how like strong you are fast you are compared to the other teams um yeah man i i think i like watching arsenal games i think you've got a lot of a lot of good players man just as a neutral yeah just yeah, i don't get the same neutral. feeling when i watch liverpool and city i really don't i don't mind liverpool city's a tough watch man city's boring as hell and i think that what we don't realize is like have a lot of like talent that city have low-key lost over the years mm-hmm. like so from sterling to Sane, to Gundahan, to Mares, Cancelo. That right. that is a lot of that is a lot of like quality right. and technical players. Because like, if you do it right now, like I think what City do have in their favour is they have the experience and yes. they have three players who are generally like at the top of their craft, like in Rodri, and you have KDB and Haaland who are like the epitome of game winners. And yes. I think that's where you have a good around team X and coaching that's usually enough. And I think yeah. Liverpool kind of mirrored that with Salah and Trent, and um, who are game winners. And you've got Alisson and Van Dijk, who are just world class. But if yeah. you're looking at back to front, like who's the quickest team? Who's the strongest team? Who plays? Who who can play in a variety of ways? Who who can move the ball quickly and circulate? Who's creating the most chances here? Like what also sorted out what they're doing after the first like, eight ten games. I think they're the best team. And it, and when I was even thinking this t- this week, like, okay, cool, City. Um, Arsenal player for player, which is not, it's not always the best way to do things, but cool. Yeah. Okay, I, I think you can say Edison over Raya, and you'll go Walker over Ben White, but I, I'm not paying Barbie doll over Zinchenko. I'm what? I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to both Arsenal centre-backs, and I think that's comfy. Like, as much as I rate John Stones, I think I'll, I'll rather go with the two players who are kind of excellent all-round athletically as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think I'll go Rodri, I'll probably go, bro, and then what before the probably I'll probably I would go Odegaard KDB. I'm sure some people might go KDB Bernardo Silva. And in attack, I think Saka has to be in the attack because they don't have a right winger. So that's at least almost half the team you could justify saying that it's Arsenal players. Whereas it never used to be like that before. It will be like literally our oh, City PS is the best in the league. Walker's the best in the league. Cancelo is the best left back in the league. All the City midfielders were good. That Gundahan was their weakest midfielder. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Right. They had they had, they had, they had Mahrez, they had Sane, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think City are getting their respect of heritage and what they have done. Okay. And obviously they think, which they should do. But I like to look at process results. And mm. my, my eyes don't lie to me most of the time. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I think essentially where we're at, right, and, and obviously most in the TG group are, you know, where we're... We, we all support, obviously, what we're seeing and, and we're massively behind the process. But I, th- I think just whatever we do now, it's only going to be validated by trophies, right? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's at the stage where 
there are some people who, who who still don't really want to rate Arsenal, and that's fine. That's if that's their prerogative, and I and I could understand that at the end of the day because you only get your props. No, no, that doesn't I, make I, sense I, though. No, no, I hear what you're saying, Disu, but at the end of the day, like people always use that argument if if you don't <laughs> if you don't deliver at the end of the day, right? Because people like you, Indeed. I trust my eyes, and and what I see with my eyes, like is. Arsenal yeah. were packing teams, like, and it's mm. great. Like, there aren't a lot of, like, on paper, a lot of weaknesses. But at the end of the day, it's not going to mean anything if, if again, at win. the end of the season, yeah. you've got nothing Agreed. to show for it, innit? So, <laughs> I, I think... Shall, shall, shall I tell why I disagree? Because okay. now, this is back-to-back years, Arteta has shown he can mix it with the very elites and your team is good. And what you always want is a chance. How many tro- How many league titles have Liverpool won with Klopp so far? No, it's literally just been one. It's literally yeah. just... Not, not to say that one is, like, nothing... But it's been one in like six years, well, in eight years. He got there in 2015. It's now 2020, 2024 almost. Like in almost nine years, he's won one league title. But what club what club does give them is a chance. And obviously, unfortunately for people, Pep Guardiola is like the flipping Michael Phelps of football managing. So he's dominating all the awards. But what all you can ask for is a chance. And the one time that Pep and City aren't at it, you're there to pounce. So the one time Pep and City weren't at it, Klopp was there to pounce. And that is what Arthur fans. I mean, be, that, oh, yeah, 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 fair, yeah, mm. yeah. Bro, they yeah. they they weren't at it that year, and they'll get to pounce. Liverpool in them getting like ninety-seven points. <laughs> I know, and 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 the reason why Liverpool got Liverpool that way because fucking Pepe, they've got ninety-eight. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but then, but then, but then to your point, I'm gonna say to your, yeah, to your to your point. Then, so I think it's it's quite clear for me. Arsenal are top two best teams in the league. I think they're better than Liverpool. I think the only team that I bet that I would put ahead of them is City. However, yes, they have played the best football in the league in the last couple of months. But to Sean's point, they need to go ahead and take the title off Man City to be considered the best. They do. And right now, we can... Things. That's two different things. Yeah, no, it's different things. But I'm saying even on Man City, you can, even be, even on Man City you, can be the, you can be the best and not win. You know that, right? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But what I'm saying is I believe Man City are the best and they do it. That's yeah. what I'm saying to you. Well, what, I believe they're, they're the best. best. You're, saying, you're saying they're the best based on their heritage. You're not saying they're the best based on what you're watching what, what now. No, yeah. In re- no, but I'm not saying... I'm, I'm saying that in recent weeks... Wait, wait. One sec, one sec. In recent weeks, yes. I would say it's probably since December, I think Arsenal have played the best football, right? But Man City... Guys, are you man now saying, oh, yeah, they're boring, they're this, they're that. Okay, cool. But be that as it may, they have still beat the brakes off a few teams in recent weeks. This is a team that had won, what, like 11 or 12, 11 or 10 or 11 games straight. They've only drawn once. Like, yeah, this is the... We're talking, the, the we're talking about the fashion of the... Yeah, but... Yeah, but, yeah, but we're talking about the fashion, but being the best team isn't just about fashion. It's about you're the best. No, but you're you're, you're, confl- you're conflating different points. So I'm not. I don't think I am conflating it. When we watch football, how you win matters. So just winning one nil, two one nil performances can be completely different. So we're saying when you watch Arsenal on a pitch, as they go about the process of playing football, they have been the mm-hmm. best football team in the league this season. Right? That's it. If they will accumulate more points or if they will go about the business of accumulating more points to Manchester City, it's completely different because Manchester City still do have Erling Haaland. They still do have Kevin De Bruyne. They still do have Pep Guardiola, their manager. They still do have top-class players from front to back. 
But you telling me that they've won loads of games, so that makes them the best. When I'm watching both of these teams, and I watch Manchester City struggle to create anywhere near as many chances against the same teams that Arsenal are routinely breaking down, I don't agree. I don't. Agree. I don't think they are. I don't, I, I don't think they are struggling to create chances, though. That's that's what they, they, they are. They, they have they, no dynamic. They have no dynamism in their attack. The midfielders that they've signed in. Yes, they have. No, 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 no. But they, they have okay, no so, so, all right, all right, all right. So let's 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 get let's get one too clear. Yes, they don't have as much dynamism in their attack in comparison to Arsenal. But that statement that they're struggling to create chances, it's not true. They're creating chances against these teams. They may they may not be creating or maybe. Maybe one game they might create one or two big chances, less than us, but they're creating enough chances to win these games comfortably. They're not putting away their chances. That's the difference. They're not putting away as many chances as they would have normally put away. Hey, sorry, so my rebuttal to that is that I've watched a lot of these City games, and some games they barely do create. They just have a lot of possession. I'm not doing anything with it because you know, they have a lack of creativity. In it. And there's a point that I raised earlier in the pod that they're going to really have to rely on Kevin Bruyne heavily again because they don't really have that level of creativity outside of him. And even Pep Guardiola himself said, this team lacks creativity, because they do. Whereas before, they were able to break teams down in a variety of ways, where it would be the dynamism of the wide players and able to beat people 1v1 and get to the byline, or just the ingenuity of David Silva, or Kevin De Bruyne, or Bernardo, or Cancelo, or Mares. One of these men will make something happen, do you get what I'm saying? And right now, it's literally two men. Foden, if Pep allows him to play in the middle, and De Bruyne, a lot of these other men, they ain't really doing much. And they used to get some bits and pieces from their fullbacks like when they had Cancelo. They're not really getting much. They're not really getting much from Walker or Barbidol or Ake, whoever they play at fullback. They, they are they're actually they're actually re- relatively struggling. But with City, because they're such a good team and they do dominate the ball, they're going to have enough trouble by purely having a ball for seventy percent of the game or ninety minutes. You're going to have enough opportunities to get a goal or two. But let's be remember, we're comparing them to Arsenal and also comparing them to previous City teams, right? Where usually, even when even when Liverpool won the league, I still think that City might have had a bit bigger goal difference. Usually City, goal difference is always clear about everybody. Even right now, the goal difference is all, is all quite similar. And that kind of shows where City are. Because we're used to see City home team 4-0, home team 3-0, home team 5-0. Even Haaland, like, isn't scoring at the same clip he was before. Obviously, he's still scoring at a great rate. So I think this kind of shows that they are not as dominant as they were before because I think they are an aging team. I, I think, think they are an aging team. Okay, so that's where I agree. I don't think they are as dominant as before. I'm still saying I still have them marginally ahead as the best. No, no, I, 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 I understand why you do. That's why. And I think and I think they, they've built off enough equity and their performances this season is enough to have them in the first. But me personally, when I watch Arsenal and I watch... City, it's like watching something in 4K, watching something in 480p. I think like the Arsenal players look like they yeah. are just they look like the 21st century, and City players look like like the Brooklyn Nets with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Like that's how them are looking right now. I think, I think, yeah, I've, um, I think we will see what whether what we're saying is is is. I think it will come out a lot in the next few days where they play Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool. Um, I think over the next month or so. But I think for me, in in a lot of the games I've watched recently, so especially so like Chelsea game, for example, and even yesterday, City they they've they've developed this habit of like sleepwalking a little bit through periods of games. Mm. So against Chelsea, it it took for Poch to retreat before they started to because like this is I completely agree with what this you said last week. Um, 
it would look more likely for 60 minutes for Chelsea to get a second goal than for City to score. City weren't creating nothing against Chelsea for like 60 minutes. It was only when we retreated. And then even yesterday, um, they, they they started off quite well, to be fair. And then there was like a, a period like in the middle towards the second half where nothing was really happening, to be honest. And I think in these next few games against the likes of Spurs, against the likes of um, uh, Arsenal, uh, I think they play Liverpool. I think in those periods, against those teams of real quality, they can get hurt. And it will show whether what we're saying is correct will show in those games, in my opinion. So but I think for me, the reason I think where I stand on the Arsenal thing, I think Arsenal just have the best blend of both teams. Um, they've got the the aggressive like approach of Liverpool, but whereas Liverpool, like I said at the top of the pod, I think a lot of Liverpool players are ugly. Um, Arsenal have actually got that quality, and then and they also have the the ingenuity and the patience, the poise of City, and they kind of blend it together, and that's why they're the best watch, in my opinion. Um, City are, at nowhere moment, near, are yeah. yeah at the moment City are nowhere near as aggressive as they were um, 2018 2017 and Liverpool simply the quality in their in their in their team that front line of Nunes is simply not what it was in prime Klopp simple as that really so yeah Man. Elijah you've kept pretty quiet where where do you stand nah because uh, so I so I didn't watch the City game because I wanted to watch Bayern versus Leipzig. But then I just looked at their eleven and I just saw that team and I said, "This is the ugliest City team I've seen." <laughs> it it's just terrible. Like the way they set up, it's just like Pep's. Like of all the people, I would not expect to fall into this trap about pace and power and just and Pep's doing it just like fucking. They're just giants all over the pitch, and then just these stodgy players. Like he's playing N- Nunes left wing, M- 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 Mateus Nunes left wing. It's like, oh god, man! Like it's just really ugly. Like I watch them play, and I'm like, versus Spurs, and like Shem said, it versus Spurs, versus Liverpool, versus Arsenal. They've slept walk through games, and it's cost them at least seven points now because they've slept walk through games and e- even against the lesser team they sleep walk through games and but because they're good enough or the other team is shit enough they win them they're not a good team to watch um they they need to do something to i mean like it's, it's easy to say they need to replace the quality of kevin de Bruyne, but like that's really hard but i mean they just need to get some quality back into the team that like, not they just need to get some ingenuity back into the team they lost gundogan Cancelo, Mares, like even though like, like Pep's gone down an interesting route, right? And I think when he won the Champions League last season, they kind of asked him about this team, and he spoke about like our fullbacks are proper defenders now, you know. And he's discussed that as a kind of potential weakness in the team, and that was why they were able to be more successful on the continent. So I guess he's justified in his trouble. Right? We spoke about this in the amp chat, though. We spoke about this in the amp chat. I I don't think I think their summer strategy was not good, in my opinion. Right, I think they they're, st- they're still getting by because they still have at the core of it some elite elite players and an elite coach. But I don't think their recruitment in the summer was good enough. I think he's gone down this route of adding more runners to the team, but with the quality that they've lost, they've not replenished. Gundogan and and Morris, you've lost ingenuity there. These aren't just players who okay they can score goals. These are players who actually have an abundance of technical quality and the ability to make something out of nothing. And I feel like they've they've decreased the number of players that can make something out of nothing in this team. And that's where I feel like they're becoming unstuck in certain matches. Yeah. And but and the worst thing is this like 
And that system, sorry, sorry, that stupid system as well. Like, if if John Stones isn't available, stop playing it. Stop playing it. When I see Kanji in midfield, it's ridiculous. Have you seen that meme of, I think it's like a bar where it's like, oh, brother, it's not even just the Akanji thing as well. Even Alvarez, like, he's oh, bled yeah, out yeah, this, yeah, yeah. No, no. this season. Stop playing him in midfield. Phil Foden right. is cooking now. I could understand it before, but Phil Foden has been cooking for like two to three months straight now. Put him in the middle. If Kevin De Bruyne's not there, put this guy in the middle. It's ridiculous, man. So yeah. I actually think, they're doing a lot. He, Pep is doing a lot of self harm here. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. like literally, we need to understand Pep Guardiola is playing a poacher and a centre back in mid midfield, and no one is saying anything about it. This is disgusting. I hate like that game versus Chelsea. It was absolutely despicable. And just nah, he, he 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 has he has no respect for Poch. For like, what he <laughs> set up here, that was the most. That is the biggest indictment on Poch. He said Alvarez. I know you're 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 Chicharito Hernandez with a bit of Genesis Qua. Your player is in midfield, brother. It's just Caicedo and Enzo. It's nothing special. Like these men stink. They can't, they can't even run. look at them. Look at these biscuit boys. Look at these biscuit boys. Just be on the edge of the box and start beating off shots. That that whole that that Chelsea performance was to me was a red flag. I'm sorry. That was a big sorry. Big another thing as well, yeah. Sorry, another thing as well. I am sick to death of watching Julian Alvarez play number ten. I'm actually. <laughs> You know this guy's getting away with murder, by the way, because he goes through routinely goes through games doing nothing. Nothing, bro. Nothing. Like, no, 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 no. That's what Sixer says too. I don't put it down to him though. He's not a 10. Yeah, I know he's not but it's making me sick, you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, this is your best team, yeah. He's trying to find a way to show No, 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 no. Bro. <laughs> 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 the manager can try it, you pussy off. When it's said they've lost a bit, I agree. So don't try that. Don't try that with me. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Where else did you find him? That's all the other thing that are wrong with the, the, the best team. Anyway, let's talk him in, yeah? We'll, we'll see, man. Uh, anyway, let's close up firstly with our award section. So we'll go around the usual. I will start with Elijah this week. Elijah, who's your star of the weekend? Star of the weekend. Ooh, I will go with Jorginho. Jorginho. Shems, your star of the weekend. Alex Wobi, um, big up. He had a tough month after AFCON, abusing that. But um, what were the goods? Nah, is, it it, for, is it more for the abuse or is it for the performance? Uh, both. Dissy, <laughs> uh, who is your star of the weekend? Um, Elijah took mine. I want to do a bit of hashtag diversity and inclusion. So I want to go with um, Van Dyke. Cool. Sean, who's your star of the weekend? Yeah, Elijah took mine. Um, so I'll go with Douglas Louise. You can say we are allowed to repeat names. Oh, we're allowed so to repeat. Week, right. There's a week where um, Casemiro was Saudi bound for everyone on okay. the pod. So, uh, right, cool. if you can, Jorginho too, then Jorginho, Jorginho. Cool. Uh, and Tobes, who's your uh, star of the week? Uh, Maurizio Pochettino for bottling the, the 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 League Cup final. So yeah, that's my star of the week. Thank you. Thank you much. Uh, uh, Shems, who have you got on the surveillance? Under surveillance, mm. uh, Kaiseido has to be cool. Uh, Sharon, who have you got under surveillance? Wow, I don't say like that. Surveillance, um, 
Sven Botman. Ah, oh, you oh, took wow. that. <laughs> he served up a nasty concoction. <laughs> I feel like he's got a lot of hype, and I'm not particularly sure why he's he's got a lot of hype. I don't know at all, but I thought he was cheeks, and he got absolutely f- spun out of his loafers yesterday, man. He's not very good. Fair Actually, sorry, Mariah, I want to change mine. Sorry. Can I change mine? Yeah, my, my, mine's, mine's actually Bruno G, actually, because uh, I see a lot of passion, a lot of running. I thought the, the reverse fiction against Arsenal, he was despicable, what he done to Jorginho. Um, yeah, and I just think he's a fuck as well, so... Yeah, it's so do your dad or something? What's going on here? I don't understand. I don't understand. You're not Italian, brother. They're not gonna accept you. You're not Italian. They're not going to let you on the train in Italy, my bro. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not Brazilian. Uh, so, who have you got under surveillance? Oh, um, Dallo, man. I'm sick of him. I'm absolutely sick of him. <laughs> I'm sick of him, honestly. The guy's so fucking mid, and he and he puts in two, three good games, and Man United fans will start hyping him. I'm sick of him, bro. Get him, get him out of here, man. Elijah, who you got? Um, fuck it all, man. I'm gonna go with Sven Bobby, man. That was that 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 was up there with some of the worst defensive performances I've seen. It goes up Meccano versus Bayern. Um. And there, there was someone else recently as well, but Botman, yeah, man, he's up there. That was so the own goal, the the third or fourth goal, I believe. Yeah, and just as general... did somebody even pass to an Arsenal player? Or did he get stripped of the ball? He passed it to an Arsenal player for the third goal, and then for the second goal, he didn't know where Havertz was. He it was an absolute disaster class, and cool. it got so bad that he had to get dragged. So, okay, yeah, that's, that's horrible when that happens. Disu, who have you got under surveillance? Uh, Shannon's took my one, uh, Bruno Gamares. They spoke heavily in your name, and now all I see you running around like your, like your security at a flipping shopping market, like chasing after kids, fam. Like, how about some football, my brother? Like, nah, man. That that I I what I saw yesterday wasn't good, fam. So I'm watching you. Both folks in the harmony. That, that's my man. So I'm watching him. Cool. Uh, and finally, Saudi bound. This who have you got as your Saudi bound player this week? <laughs> At this point, I'm about to make a jingle for him. But, <laughs> do you know what? Let, let me not. Let me not. Because at this point, it's, at this point, it's like, it's like maybe I might just say we just have to do Casemiro plus one. <laughs> so do you know that like, when you go, when you get invited to a wedding, you need a plus one. So Casemiro's going. So who's going to sit next to him on the train? Who's going? Who's going to take? Who's going to? Who's going to take a private play picture of him? You don't take a private play picture. And he also sits with you on the flight, even if you are going this week. Yeah, so my Saudi bout is I'm sorry. Um, what's his, I don't know what his first name is, but Kai Sado. Nah. I don't know what his first name is. His first name is actually. Mo- <laughs> oh, it's Moises, Moses, Maxwell, <laughs> Mohammed. Who knows, bro? I don't know. <laughs> Moses, <laughs> brother, the way, like the, the way the way that this guy is playing football is making me very sick. It's like 
if he's almost he's either he's losing the ball, he's or he's so close to losing the ball, and he just looks heavy, heavy. Like what? Like, look, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. They said he has ten brothers. Does he have a twin? Is he in Panama right now, living his life while his twin brother is just out here that used to play for River Plate or something? That he's actually now. So maybe Moses is instead of Moises Casado playing for Chelsea, and, and Moises Casado is in Panama just calling him a couple of baddies and just chilling because this is not the bread that I saw last year. No way. They're Ain't no way. They're rotating week to week. They're rotating yeah. week to week. Everyone gets a week in Panama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like you. Who's your Saudi pound? Um, if. If you're a midfielder and over the age of 18 at Man United, get on that fucking plane, bro. <laughs> just, just get away from that fucking plane. Man said Jumbo Jet. Man said Jumbo Jet. Casemiro, Mount, McTominay, Bruno. Get them all. Amrabat. Don't forget Amrabat. Amrabat, no, but he's going back to Toto. Amrabat, yeah. He could go. He probably got a yard there already. He could go too, man. Amrabat, don't threaten him with a good time, boy. You'll be the element no. there, cuz. Um, I don't know who I would say is Saudi bound. Uh, probably Ericsson, to be honest. He's just he's cooked, man. He's Wait, I don't think he could take the heat. I don't think he could take nah, the nah, heat. Nah, 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 nah. Please, please, please. please. <laughs> 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 Shem, who've you got as your Saudi bound? Mine is Diogo Dallo. That that brother's supposed to be to play. Look, yeah, Absolutely. I don't. I don't even like it, but it wasn't that bad. Fuck it. Nah, 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 nah. I just, <laughs> nah, nah. It's not good enough. He isn't good enough. He can't make it. He can't make you know it. What? I think it's it's that's a, that he yeah. gets from, from the Man United yeah. online presence. Yeah, that's what I think it's a reaction to. The that's that's what hurts me. Yeah, I think that's what's sticking. He's getting too much praise. Oh, he's been our player of the season. No, he's fucking whack, bro. The guy's whack. He can't cross. His decision making is terrible. He's a mediocre defender at best. Like, what is he good for? He's not good enough to be the fullback, the starting fullback at Man United. He wouldn't make the bench at Arsenal. He wouldn't make the bench at Chelsea, right? He wouldn't make the bench at Liverpool. So, what are we doing here? What, 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 what? And Sean, who is your Saudi bound this week? Yeah, Rafa Varane, my brother. It's time to call it a day. You asked as if this rugby is so funny to me because the way you don't hold on to agendas, you man, hated Vinicius for no reason just because he got compared to no, 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 no. I don't hate Vinicius, I love Vinicius. Fair of you, man, hate Vinicius. I don't hate Vinicius, I don't hate Vinicius. But yeah, but 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 Varan, the, the the knees are cooked, bro. It's time to get on that plane, bro. Let's let's call it a day, man. Fair enough, fair enough. Thank you. Um, there's one that a listener asked for in listeners' uh, 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 in listeners' questions a couple of weeks ago, and it's meant to be student of the week. So the, the the idea behind this is a player who was still young enough to go back to uni. Um, so every week I, I keep saying that I'll mention it, but I just. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I don't know if any of you have any players. Look, I do. He's, he's so do. lucky. He's so lucky he has left the Premier League because it would have been Sancho every single week. Mice has gone Nacho. Mice has gone Nacho. Easy. Mice has gone Easy. Easy. Here work. is how you kick the ball without letting it roll underneath your studs. Yeah. You're allowed to kick. 
here is how to dribble. When you have a two or one counter attack, you draw a one player and then you pass it to your teammate. Okay, <laughs> for sure. So I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing United fans doing here's who we should build around, and I'm seeing Carnacho in the lineup. I said you lot are in a toxic relationship with failure. You lot are fa are in love, Stockholm syndrome of failure. Garnacho is a building block. Oh, my life, man. Oh, bro, speak. Oh, bro, speak. With his stupid, stupid tats and his stupid hair. Stupid. Yeah. That's her teeth and tats to you. Some listeners' questions. First one is from Pondre One. What is your all-time favorite hate watch? Joy from Team Arrival Team, lose, draw. Hey, Mariah, Mariah, remember when Arsenal got knocked out of Lepiakos? Me, you, and me ran a muck in that group. Oh my god, for six hours straight, we had a fucking party. Are you see? Are you hearing the joy in his voice? Even just like trying to re relive the moment. <laughs> Nobody spoke. Nobody <laughs> was silent. And you know what? Speak about what's that? Obviously, you can see that people have read your message. So good. So good. So good. They're listening to the voice <laughs> and they don't understand how much of a drug that is for me. Don't respond. But if I know you come in and you've seen it and you haven't responded, yeah. No, 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 it's a lose-lose, but it's better for you to come in and be kettled. Because if right. I know you're not responding, I'm going to act a damn fool. It, it is, <laughs> but but that, that one, and also Brighton at home, Arsenal, when they lost 3-0 last year. Oh, my God. Because obviously I'm in the peak of... My, my tussle with um Dr. Leroy about Partey, yeah. Right. So and obviously this is when the Arsenal fans were still Lionel Jorginho to pop up Thomas Partey. So they'll lose it and they're like, oh, if watch when Partey comes on, it instantly got so much worse. It instantly got so much worse. And they could see the two goals. Oh my god. I could I, I couldn't have drawn it up better. But yeah, those are the two hate watches that come to mind, man. Yeah, any any other hate watches, guys? Yeah, I've, I've I mean I, I think Anytime Liverpool lose, it just gives me an extra year of life. I can't even lie, man. <laughs> I, I, I hate, I hate that club with all my heart. So, um, last season was one of the, one of the best times of my life. That Jan to March when we were winning and they were losing. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything better, man. I'm so, I'm sorry, Elijah. Remember that the the Crystal Palace free free free. Oh one. my days! That day. <laughs> oh. That day. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, that what that day. day that day what and day. also also when the they lost, when they lost 3 1 against Madrid and Trent had that disaster class, that was one of the uh, on, <laughs> Vinicius, oh, no. when Vinicius went crazy on him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, plus, yeah, I, yeah. That plus I, I, Atletico Madrid, nah man. When oh, that team, Atletico oh, Madrid, no. Atletico the Morata Madrid. One. The Morata oh, one. oh my god. Atletico oh. was the peak. <laughs> Atletico oh, was the peak. That was wonderful. Curbstone. Look, Curbstone. Twitter was united. Twitter was united. Look, that, that, actually might be, that actually might be the best hate watch of all time. That That's was a generational hate watch. Look, yeah, I won't say that COVID was worth it, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shams, Tobes, Sean, any hate watches that come to yeah. mind? I would say um so I was gonna say Atletico as well. I've I've um I'm gonna say the um I've got a couple. So the Champions League final that Liverpool played against Real Madrid because they were on 
on the route of quadruple and the season just crashed into pieces really and they ended up they ended up putting in the league and the Champions League. So that one. And I'm sorry guys, I have to say the, the Europa League final um, when you guys lost to Villarreal because <laughs> oh, that's basically, basically my, my boys were giving it to me a GC because that week was the same week that we were going to play Champions League final and they were telling me, ah, oh, you're not going to lose, blah, blah, blah. And they, and they ex- obviously they expected to beat Villarreal. So I was on my peakest of hate watches, yeah? <laughs> peakest of hate watches. And when I saw the hair sky that penalty, oh, bruv, yeah. Bro. I fucking laughed with the actual guy that person. When he was walking up, no, nobody had a doubt in their mind that he was not scoring. This brother is not scoring. Not a chance in hell. How about you, Sheldon and, and Tobes? Hate watches. There's, there's too many to count, man. There's too many to count, bro. Honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess for a Spurs fan, all you do is, is hate watch. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, I learned those the, words to say something back. I hate watching. I'm pretty good at hate watching. And just for that, just for that, you're in my book. Yeah, cool. 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 I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you did that. You've made an enemy out of me today. I, 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 I can't lie. I can't lie. To to me, yeah. you to hate on. I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say? <laughs> nah, I can't lie. For me, that period, yeah, where you man had under Ollie, where you knew he was gonna get sacked, bro, but you kept delaying the sack. I can't remember. I think it was Watford who blamed you, and yeah. then Liverpool came, cooked. Yeah. City came, cooked it. It was just constant, constant cooking. Talk. But it looked like you man didn't want to let sack Ollie, bro. <laughs> so, yeah. so us, man, we were just reveling, reveling consistently every week, bro. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's more, bro. To be fair, there was probably under Moyes, I'm sure there were so many, bro. But it's probably too far back, man. I've forgotten, bro. Um, and under LVG as well. But yeah, man, listen, no, I'm sure no, everyone's in. Go, go on, Shams. I was going to say, what Pep was doing in that period was so sickening, where he was just playing them. Yeah, it was only winning 2 0. Like, yeah, they said, Cool up, bro. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he got to them. Chestnut checkers, bro. This is chestnut checkers. You gotta tell them, yeah, you about 45 minutes killed them, yeah. I'm telling you, this is it. This is why he is who he is. See, Klopp, Klopp just gave us seven, just hold that, just gave us seven, yeah. No mercy, bro. The moment went 2 0. If anyone had a shot that came close. Pep started losing it. He's like, bro, what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? Just pass, 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 pass. Pause up, pause up, pause up. Yeah, 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 it's bad. Well, Liverpool, they just, they just slapped us 5-0 away. 5-0 at home and 7-0 away. He, he sacrificed a, a, a Carabao Cup to, for us, for Oli to stay in the job. It's like, listen, man, as long as this guy's their manager, they're not an actual threat. So we can lose some games and they'll still be like 30 points behind us. Did he, did he, did he, did he, did he, did you not see that tweet when Tommy said in the last three years the goal difference of Man United was plus 15 and City was plus 165? Yeah, it's crazy. Mental. Crazy. Mental. Oh, all right, cool. Um, next question was from Baitface, Nate. Why are the fans media not super critical of this Chelsea side? I don't know, actually. That's a brilliant question because yeah. what they're doing is like, obviously, last you can, you can lie last year to take over. We sacked two managers in a year. So we've got one on our third manager, boom, boom, boom. But you've had a new manager who's meant to be an established manager a whole preseason, and they have been absolutely shambolic. It should be a bigger story. 
But I think this probably speaks to the fact that Chelsea are relatively, in this country, they don't move the needle. Because if this was like Arsenal or or Liverpool, I think it would be a bigger story. But yeah, it's actually crazy. Like yeah. their their ineptitude is very very mad. Yeah, I, I can't I can't completely disagree with that. I think um, the reality is Chelsea don't have as much um, heritage as much like eyes on them as like Liverpool, Arsenal, and United. Like they're the three heritage clubs of the country. Like let's just be real in it. As big as Chelsea are, and I think Chelsea are massive. Um, but I think the I think the actual real question is. Why hasn't the criticism been on pot? Because the same thing last year. There's no, there no criticism on pot last year as well. So, yeah, man. Like, I, manage, I've never seen fo- football manager is the only job where guys are allowed to not do their job. If any of us walk into our jobs tomorrow morning and do what these men do, make those decisions, we're getting we're getting cooked. Not passing probation, brother. The pot one is interesting though, because yeah, outside of the outside of fans talking about it, I'm not really seeing any. Like heavy mainstream media criticism of Poch, it's I I don't think I'm seeing it. You know, you're not. I, I haven't seen it. Though, Gary Neville did did do due diligence today. What is Gary Neville? Yeah, doing? That's a billion pound bottle, a billionaire blues bottle bottle jobs. That's something. Billionaire blue bottle jobs. The way Gary Neville spoke with Chelsea today is like it was. It parallels with how you know how he used to, when Arsenal were bad and every yeah Arsenal yeah. Yeah. He would just absolutely kill them. That's what he done today. Yeah, but like, I feel like extra time. He was he was he was ripping you lot to shred an extra time. Yeah, but <laughs> it's like it's so like when you see a team that play bad, but it's like that badly where it's like you like they were the favorites going to extra time, and they literally handed the initiative to a bunch of thirteen-year-olds. It's crazy, bro. Yeah. yeah, I just so none, these, I none of these men are actually none of these men are actually even real footballers. Liverpool just grabbed them from like on the way to the on the way to like the airport, not to the um, train station. Okay, cool. <laughs> Can you do ten kickups? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Hey, jump on. None of these men are real, fam. None of these men are real, bro. None of them men are real, fam. These guys aren't even tall enough to be a Love Island, and they're playing against Chelsea. I can't believe it. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> That was despicable, man. Yeah, it's poor. It's pants. And I don't I don't want society or the football community, sorry, to get used to Chelsea being crap. That's what I don't want. Because why, why, why don't you want that? I don't want that because they've been such an insufferable they have been such an insu- they've been in they've been such an insufferable club for my for my mental well-being, for my football <laughs> achievements, for my football club's aspirations, and just the way in which they came and just sullied the waters of the heritage clubs in the UK with their money and they bought their way to the top. I don't want people to just let them just coast into shitness. I want them to be buried week in, week out. <laughs> Bury this team for the shitness that they are. Bury them. I want them dead and buried. Oh, Big man team. River, man. Turn your camera on, then. <laughs> Turn your camera on. Can you beat you? Can you beat you, huh? Next one. Um, uh, miraculous Marie, shout him out. I think he sends a question pretty much most weeks. They say that we're, expe- we're expecting for Man City to go on their annual 11-13 to 13 game winning run to the title. But doesn't it seem as though Arsenal have clicked into their stride without the aforementioned Timber Party and Tomiyasu? 
Um, I think we've kind of answered that um, already. Yeah. Much, why right? they mention? Why they mention Jiggas? I don't even play. Bro, I'm tired of it. Tommy Yasu is permanently injured, and so is the Ghanaian. You, Timba is not coming back for the rest of the season. Just allow it, man. Please, please. How many league games has Timba played for Arsenal? One, one or two. And oh, yeah, one one two. two. Five minutes in the frame. That's it. Wait, yeah. You don't even know what you got. You don't even know what you got there, brother. <laughs> well, you don't even know what you got. We don't even know what you got. <laughs> <laughs> it pisses me off. And the thing is, and the thing is, yeah, they, they cook me on Twitter for this, but I don't care, man. Arsenal fans are on to me every time, and it gives me endorphins. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Like they could be for this because the thing is, I rate Arteta. I think Arteta is doing a sick job, yeah. But you, you can make, you can speak on Arteta doing a sick job by speaking on how well your team have played and the style of play so on and so forth. Man, are like, oh my god, he's doing this with the injuries. Hold on, Salabos always there, Gabriel's always there, Ben White's always there, Saka's always there, Odegaard's always there, Rice is always there, Martelli's always there. Stop man talking like like man's playing El Nelly false nine to get by, bro. I don't want to hear these sub stories, man. I don't want to hear it. It's ridiculous. Oh, oh my God! The missing Gabriel Jesus. That's good for you. You don't understand. That's a bloody miracle. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, like, <laughs> get me mad, fam. Yeah, sounds a bit. Especially <laughs> thinking for um, after that masterclass from Gary Neville. What's the best <laughs> piece of commentary in a football match, bar the Aguero moment? Yeah, the Aguero moment's the worst. So I don't know what my man's saying. Right. <laughs> Um, no, there's, there's one, there's one Man United game, yeah, and we were getting packed in, and we were so dead. And Gary Neville was just ripping the man because I don't like players. They're not likable. I think, I think when we when we came back from two 0 down to beat City three two, I think. Um, I think at 2 0 down, I think Pogba missed a chance. And then we went out for a corner. And then it panned to Pogba and he was smiling. And then Gary Neville said, Oh, why is he smiling for? Gary Neville was so angry at Pogba that game because he thought his hair was blue, even though it was like many blonde. Many blonde. But it hit a blue. Like he was so angry and he was so silent in the second half. That was so funny. But there's been games where he has just been so. Disgusted. He's like, look at that. that. That's just pathetic. Like he has been disgusted. But um, yeah, I, I really wish that they had Roy Keane as the second commentator because then we'll <laughs> see <know>. real fireworks. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Nah, I need Roy Keane and Patrice Evra as co-coms on one game. On one oh game. Patrice Evra has no behavior, man. He has absolutely <laughs> has to move into Amazon and he's doing a madness over there. Him and Gabby Logan are fighting every single, every single post game. They're warring. <laughs> All right, uh, last last couple of questions. Uh, first one from Miles B ninety three, excluding Messi, Neymar, and Ronaldinho. Who are some players you regret never seeing play in the Premier League? Hold on, random back to the last commentary one. Yeah, mm. David, because you know that recently I've been posting a lot of like classic clips. Andy yes. Gray, the way he's a breakdown right. goals was fucking elite. Oh, like, I look at the past. What does he say? Go on your back, so go finish it. Nah, come on. <laughs> Talk. Come on. He was a proper heritage commentator, man. Heritage. No, 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 no. Sky weren't the same after he left. Honestly. At all. At all. No, but, um, no, but 
No, but there there was a tweet that said the best part of his commentary was a part where he used to make up random co- conversation between the players. That is a creative genius. That is a creative genius, bro. That is a creative genius. Bro. He's bro, gone. Um, put on my head where I could get to that. Yeah, <laughs> and he's gone. Thank you very much. Ah, oh, no. what a legend! What a fucking legend, man. Um, players yeah, that I wish we saw in... seeing, playing in the Premier League. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen R9 at his peak, Zidane yeah. at his peak. Uh, but I know, so I know the way they would have cussed some of these guys, being like, oh, they don't work hard enough. Like, you know, if Raquel May comes to the Prem, they would have killed him. Uh, I was just, I was just, I was just about to say Raquel May. But it'll yeah. have to be in a particular team, like yeah, Arsenal. And then we were to see like he's genius. I was gonna say Rikame, that's actually a sick one. I'm, 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 think yeah. who I'm gonna say Kaka, you know, because um just oh, yeah. before mm. just after he won the Ballon d'Or, I remember City City wanted him, but he said no, and then he went to Madrid. But but, but also uh, Kaka had the attributes to thrive in the Prem. Yeah, like, he was pure like yeah, yeah. Uh, like certain and I think Kaka could have fitted in quite a few different teams. Obviously, I know uh, AC Milan, right? It was what you know when they used to play the diamond, didn't it? And he was yeah. just behind the two strikers that proper suited him. But in like it'd be interesting because probably like in a modern team, right? He'd play like maybe like advanced in like a midfield three. Yeah. Or he'd have I, to play from... The think... thing is, he could probably play on the wing because he was so fast as well. Anyway, he yeah. wouldn't really like. I think Kaka's one of those players past year from the past that would have absolutely no problem in this day and Adapted. age. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he, would. he had everything. Like in terms of his PMPs, technique, ah, oh, he was just amazing. So yeah. yeah. And that was the thing about that AC Milan team is that it was all vets, right? He yeah. was the only just, one was the only young really stretch, yeah. who yeah. could really stretch and get beyond and like cause issues with pace for the opposition. It's like Kaka, if you don't run. <laughs> I, will, I will never forget yeah i will never forget watching um sorry guys i'll never forget watching united at the san Siro. that free oh we've got pats this game of football is a beautiful thing we're doing in that game oh Packers my goal, yeah where he outplays village he waited for village to catch up just so he could chop him. I said, come on, dog. Bro, Cedar flicked it over, a sliding player, and volleyed the ball into the bottom corner. Bro, that what? game, I, I said, said my yeah. And, and who was the striker? Was it Giardino? What's yeah, his name? The one yeah, yeah, yeah. who did a score like for bad games and he just buried our keeper. Oh. He yeah, came so on to do yeah. a Jerry on me typical finish. I shot off the TV. We, we, we literally <laughs> wasted a generational Wade Rudy buzzer beater. To get bro. absolutely banned to the second leg, bro. They weren't they weren't playing for the league, so they were able to like rest their best players. Yeah. But we were we were in a title race, and I remember the pre, the three two game. I remember I came into came into school. I can't remember what year it was college maybe. And my friend was like, "Did you see what Seedorf did to Carrickon's goals in the first leg?" I was like, "Nothing, man. We talk about we won, yeah. man. Like, okay, we're gonna watch it together. Yeah. We're gonna watch it together. Second leg." So the second leg now, I want to sit together. You see beside me. You see that? <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that, you did it. Nah, you, did, were, you, you were the man you found as well. Oh, man. That's horrible, man. That's horrible. But, 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 but you see, like, you see when you think about, like, iconic, especially Champions League performances, you always right. think of Kakobar. He, he saved so many iconic performances from like if you think just like the amount of times he would just pick up the ball from his own half here he would just right. run past man and he would just tuck it bro like Kaka was one of those he didn't do there was no step over there was yeah. nothing but 
he was just hella elegant because he was yeah. one of those guys. You know, when you see man sprint, bruv, like they're taking, yeah. like Kaka's taking one, two strides for every little 10 steps that you're taking, boy. And he's eating up ground. And he's I remember Kaka once scored a goal for Brazil when Messi was there trying to chase him. And he was, was just there. getting dusted. Yeah. That, that was the first ever game at the Emirates. I remember. Oh, was it? Before, before Arsenal even played there. Yeah. And it was, I was there. I went to that game. Yeah. He was running faster with the ball than Messi was without it. I've never seen anything like it. I never seen I was like, I didn't even know you could move that fast, bro. Yeah. Messi he was cr- Messi was fighting for his life to keep up. Yeah. And then his game, it was hilarious. And he gave up. I think, like I said, he created like his own technique, right? For like, being able to like dribble and carry the ball because he was right. he was so it was so quick and it was like watching something from the future coming back to play mm-hmm. with these lot, especially in that AC team because mm. obviously yeah. super technicians, right? And like super experienced guys, but they're all like mid early 30s, mid 30s, Andre Pirlo mm-hmm. can't run. Yep. He's the only one just carrying the ball, beating him. Watched one random Serie A game at my friend's house because he loved him, and it was like they were like two-nil down in the first half, and he scored like a hat trick. Hat-trick in the second half for them. Bad boy. Bad and this boy. was before he, like, blew, blew, blew up. So, yeah, I would have loved to see him. In, I, would have loved I think Mbappe him. from... Um, I would love to see Mbappe, obviously, now. And I would this... love to see Mbappe in the Prem because people yeah. are putting tax on his... People are putting tax on his numbers, man. I think this tax thing, we need to use some common sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Like, certain, certain man, it doesn't matter where they are. Because yeah. is, is, people say the same thing about Suarez. Came to England, slapped every head, went to Barca, slapped every head. Then a wash version, went to Atletico Madrid, still part numbers. So, like, certain people, it doesn't matter where they are, they're going to get cracking. But um, I would love to see this player, the before the Barca version, go straight to the Prem, Dembele. He was such a fun watch. He was such a ridiculous player. The way he used to sit people down, left foot, right foot, it would be really amazing to see him in the Premier League for like a team like City or Arsenal, like a really good attacking team off the mm. wing. So, that would be the Iniesta, I'd have loved to see Iniesta. Oh, of course, yeah. I knew I was, yeah. I knew I was missing somebody. The greatest yeah, record of all time, Iniesta. Bro. Sure. In, bro, Iniesta. Iniesta. That's a massive. I've never Iniesta, seen a better than him in my life. No, but Iniesta is another one. He can only play for a specific couple teams. Like if if you mm. sent him to to, to 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 certain teams, yeah, where he could just get like they're just gonna boot him off the pitch, bro. Like he needs to be in a certain environment, like you know. With Pep, I, so I, I don't think you can even boot Iniesta off the pitch. Like, can you get close? Can you get close enough to? But he, because he's like low center of gravity, and he does everything with such speed. Whether it's one touch or mm. dribbling between you, obviously they'll foul him and stuff. But like, as long as he's not in a team where the, where the ball's going over his head, with just putting the ball like looting and that. But yeah, as long as he's in a team that could try to play small small ball, it'll be amazing to see him in the Premier League. Man. Yeah, there's there's been some there's been some great players over the years. I think that is pretty much it. The rest is just slandering Chelsea. Um, okay, final question from Lacasse underscore Stina. What is the greatest match in the history of the sport? Uh, 20, 2023 World Cup final has to be up there for the yeah, drama, for everything that went into that for sure. Um, there's been a couple like there's 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 one City Liverpool game where I genuinely gen- gen- could have been, yeah, I genuinely could have believed the level of quality. Oh. And there's, there's, there's also been a, a Man City PSG game with that level of quality. But the Liverpool City one especially, the speed and the technical quality was a race. And there's an Arsenal game where I think they drew with Liverpool 3-3. That game was too lit. What? The attacking game. play was too lit. Like, you know when you thoroughly enjoy a game from start to finish, you don't want to stop. But yeah, but yeah. the City-Liverpool game is one that stands out yeah. to me. Because yeah. the quality of what I was seeing was just too nuts. It was too nuts. I, 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 think, I think back in, I think the 
Man United 4-2 uh, when we beat Arsenal all that. I was about to say that in the blue kit when Ronaldo oh, scored. Yeah. That yeah. game, yeah. yeah. It, was yeah. Basically, yeah. it was basically like the City Liverpool of that era. That yeah. game yeah. was yeah. so high quality. I was about to say that. Yeah. Oh, what, what, um, is this one O'Shea to, to keep up? Yeah, yeah. That game. Yeah. That, was, that game was top. That game was top. That game was absolutely... And then top. there was also in the Champions League... Liverpool versus Arsenal, the second leg of the quarterfinal. Oh, that was amazing. That was an amazing the game. Walcott, the Fear Walcott game. Yeah. Was that, the, yeah. Was that Ryan Babel? That's the Ryan, ba- the Ryan Babel when he scored late on. Is that the yeah, one? Yeah. That yeah. game uh, that as well. Yeah. The quality, the quality in, in both of those games, literally top tier. Top I'm, tier. But yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to um, stay on Champions League. I'm going to use the Chelsea Liverpool. Back to back, so four four at the bridge, and Close. also, and people also forget the three two the year before that as well, where um Lampard scored that penalty, um, and then yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, both for those the games, for yeah, the yeah, both of those games are oh, man, just oh, amazing. Yeah, I like, man. yeah. What about a game where Ronaldinho scored that um. Goal against Czech. Did you guys get to a free? Was it a free nil lead? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was yeah. a free nil lead day. I was then... sick when Chelsea went up three nil. I felt. Bro, <laughs> I was. The funny thing about that game, yeah, is that we were missing. I think Drogba and Robin. I think it was. So no, then we yeah. had. So we had um, Johnson and Duff up there. Everyone yeah, thought. Just, everyone bro, thought we yeah. Nah. Oh, mate. Bro, bro, Chelsea bro. ran ramp in the first 10 minutes. I was, yeah. so, I was like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I felt sick, man. They really yeah. did. There's been so many. I don't know if Tobes, Sean, you have any classics to add? Uh, Are you doing like Spurs classics or what? General, man. <laughs> Are there any bloody Spurs classics? Oh, that game when you guys were 2-0 up against us and then we came back and beat you 4-2. 5-2, Loved it. Yeah, yeah. 5-2. Yeah. 5-2 yeah. even. Live, love, yeah, yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. Really? What about, the one when you lost, what about the one when you lost six one at home? How about that? Ooh, I remember that one. When, when was that? Oh, that was okay. in like ninety eight. There's, there's a couple North London derbies. To be fair. The um, yeah, the 0 one, the four four. The four four. Yeah, and then that was class. There was also one at White Hart Lane where it was like it was like three two in the first half, something like that. There was um, oh, there, there, was, there, was, there was there was the five four at White Hart Lane. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five four at White Hart Lane. The goal that Jermaine Defoe scored in that game, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Score. Nah, yeah, Pires's one. Pires's one doesn't get spoken about enough. Pires's one, yeah. There was, there, was a couple, there was a couple of the ones where we beat Spurs 5-2 twice, where they went up and we came back both oh, times. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And also, there was a Tottenham-Chelsea game, the 4-4. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During that game, the commentary is so vivid in my yeah. head. There was a, Berbatov had a chance right at the, the end, and Martin Tyler's like, "It's Berbatov, it's Berbatov," and he didn't. Ah, fucking hell, man! Joe, Joe, Cole, was, Joe Cole ran right that game. Still, that game was insane. Absolutely, insane. There, was, there was a classical um, back in the Ronaldinho era um, where Real Madrid beat Barcelona. Zidane scored, Ronaldo scored, oh, yeah. Eto scored. Zidane like scored an early goal, and he like, smashed himself into the post. That was a good game because Barca were better than them at that point. It was like Real's almost like their last stand. Um, and also there was the classical where Messi scored in the last minute. Again, that quality oh, yeah, in that yeah. game was absolutely insane. Oh, was, was, it, was it the one where he put the shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, game, yeah. insane quality. I, just, I, I remember. I remember obviously this this isn't even like a classic game. This is just they scored Madrid this game, the one where Barca beat Madrid 5 0. And like that was like as close oh, yeah. as like, that was in perfection. There was one that they had under Pep. Yeah. Under Pep at the 
it was at the Bernabeu. I think they won it like 4-2 or 5-2. 6-2. left wing beat the bricks out of He tore him to shreds, bro. Like, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. So many, man. So many. I think when there's a bit of, like, something on the line makes it almost always better when you're seeing great teams go head-to-head, when you're seeing loads of goals for the most part. But those games where sometimes it's just two teams of high quality and they're just cancelling each other out. Mm. And they're just literally just cancelling each other out all over the pitch. They always stand long in the memory. But guys, this is coming to two and a half hours. The longest wow. pop I've done in a long, long time. But a pleasure, as always. Um... Elijah, Tobe, Sean, Shems, Disu. I think Shems and Disu are half asleep at this point. Yeah. Um, but a pleasure, man. Do this again, lads. Peace. 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 Yo, yo. When I spit bars in a ring, I'm gonna go hard, left, and ten. Sports Social Podcast Network.